Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Live from the Lodge. It's the LodgeCast Oscar extravaganza. We are uh, in the backyard of the Lodge currently, and uh, I'm your host, Brother Bishke. I'm going to be leading us through a hard-charging review of our Oscar predictions. Hard-charging. For the 93rd Academy Awards that are going to be held on Sunday, April 25th, 2021 at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Dolby Theater, Hollywood, California, and Union Station, downtown L.A., and on Zoom (laughs) meetings around the world. We can't wait for the Oscars this year. It's going to be special. After we pick the Oscar winners in this Oscar extravaganza, we're going to do a top 10 countdown of our favorite films of 2020. Tonight, I am joined by our Lodge Master, Matt. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brother Lucas. Oh, it's so good to be here. And we have two prestigious guests coming back. Brother Zach. In the flesh. And Brother Nathan. Oh, it's great to be here. Guys, 2020 was an interesting year for the movies. It was interesting because there was a global pandemic called COVID-19. While we stopped going back to theaters in March with the movie uh, The Way Back. Never forget. We kept the LodgeCast going with our lockdown hot takes of various video-on-demand releases. I want to say extra thanks to the Lodge Master this year for syncing and editing together our remote recordings into amazing LodgeCast <laughs> episodes. Yeah. It's the Lord's Big work. Praise. It's, the thank praise. it's, it's like shoveling coal woo. into the fires of the train engine. It's beautiful coal. We thank you so much, Lodge Master. I want to say thanks to all of our LodgeCast guests. We had a lot of them. Say thank you to all and a heartfelt thanks to our listeners out there. We just can't wait to get back into movie theaters and, and, and do this proper, but it's been it's been an interesting year. And this is a vital first step. It, we are in person. We are in person for the first time recording in over a year. Yes. Brings a tear to my eye. I'm looking at I'm looking at eye to eye. I'm not oh. looking at Zoom. I'm not it's looking at one. Zoom. Oh. I'm looking at Lucas, at Zach, <laughs> and at Lucas Nathan. is dressed in a full suit no, for this the affair. This is something. Yes. And and the mask he was wearing was. <laughs> Silky Oscar night best. Yeah, it's my Don Johnson get up, folks. Just just had to take a a moment for that. Now, Bishke, I know this is your show, 100. It's a hard charging show. Yeah, I'm gonna get the fuck out of your way. Okay, so if you hear birds in the back, we're in a backyard. (laughs) If you hear children crying, we're also in a backyard. So just (laughs) take note. Life is happening. Life is happening. Life is blooming all around us. Life finds a way. And so do the movies. Life so, creeping back to life. Now, on to our Oscar picks in all 23 categories. Please note, the sound editing sound mixing categories have been combined into best sound this year. So wow. we have one less category. That's a bummer. I know. <laughs> we'll cover what we predict will win, what we hope will win, and if we feel something got snubbed in a category, we'll mention that very quickly. If you might want to consider our suggestions when filling out your Oscar ballots um, with the Oscars coming up, last year I predicted 21 out of 24 correct and won oh, my wow. and won my Oscar pool. Really? Uh, so you keep did. that in yes, mind. Keep that in mind when you're uh, filling out your ballots. Let's go, folks. Let's do it. The Oscar predictions. Your LodgeCast predictions were 21 of 24? Last year, yes. Wow. Yes. I predict Parasite incorrectly. 
Wow. Yes. Wow. wow. Of all the ones. Yeah. Yeah. Pay attention, people. But speaking of best picture, what do we think is going to win this year for best motion picture? Are we going around the room or how are we doing this? Uh, I'm going to start. <laughs> Nomadland, I think, has got it pretty much on lock. What do we think? Agreed. 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 That, that's yeah. the kind of the consensus, and that's the wave that it's going with a lot of the awards leading up to this. Yeah. Yeah. She won the director, won the DGA award last night, and I think it won uh, SAG award or Globe. It's going to win. Best it's best going to win. It's yeah. won a lot. Yeah. It has the momentum. Yeah. yeah. So now we get on to a, a moving on uh, to a more um, tricky category best actress. Mm. Who do we think is going to mm. win best actress? It's a tough one. I, I really had to pull. Some friends and and read into some reviews because I, I actually watched all these movies, all of them, nice, and they're all amazing performances. But man, if I had to pick one, Sophie's Choice, right? Sophie's Choice. I think it's yeah. How do you come down on this one? I just for the record, I chose finally after heavy consideration. This is one of like three categories. I waited till like maybe an hour ago before finally putting my pen. <laughs> Who'd you pick? Sweating, just switching. Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. There yes, it is. that's that's Woo, what I picked that's as well. Strong. I go with Viola. I think yeah. I think the Academy really loves her. Um, it's her time. She's great. In this I've heard movie. great thing about Andrea Day, who plays Billie Holiday. I've heard great things about Carrie Mulligan. Uh, Vegas, the Vegas odds favor Mulligan. Just for the record, I, yeah. I, I looked into that. Um, but also Frances McDormand. She's a heavyweight. She's this, one two. This she category is. I mean, it's, it's tight with off. Frances yeah. and Viola. But I had Viola too, betting against my heart because I, I want Frances all the time. She's I do want Frances. Big That's charisma in yeah. No Man Land. And she really did stepped out of her comfort zone for this. But I think Viola Davis does a really fun performance in that movie. So It's time for Viola. Very unglamorous, yeah. too, uh, which always gets a note for the Oscars. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, but France is very unglamorous. Sweating. She I mean, shit in a bucket. She did well. shit in a bucket. She shit in a bucket. I'm that sure was we're going to talk about that. was a startling <laughs> shit. I think there could be a wave towards No Man Land that, that includes her in this, too. I'll just they have that. these big, yeah. giant, like, Building-sized billboards on Sunset Boulevard of Nomadland. That, that's just like it's just like of a bonfire with Francis McDormand standing next to it, and you just have no idea what it is. Like you're just like, what is that? She's just <laughs> yeah. standing in front of the <laughs> looks like the like Grim Reaper, yeah, like coming to collect your soul. Now for an easy one, Best Actor, who's gonna win? I think it might be Rest in Peace, Chadwick Boseman. For Amen. He's black rap. Yeah, of course. Black rap. Amen. I would like to point out that there was a snub in this category. Yeah. I I really love Delroy Lindo and Defy Blood. Big snub. Big Big snub. snub. Best actor supporting. No, for actor. For actor. Best actor. Because but I, would he have been supporting or lead? See, that's I a think he's know. a lead. I, I don't know. But I think he deserved actor because when you watch that movie, he's just as fiery and, mm. and riveting as Chadwick. So they both should have been honored. Well, I, think, I think a question on that is like, is it based on the merit of the performance or is there a little bit of a honoring post on this Heath Ledger Oscar tradition. Dave, yeah, what do you yeah. think about that? I mean, if I had to pick my performance, I picked Gary Oldman and Mank of the nominees. Mm. Bless you. Mm. Bless, Bless your you. heart, dude. You're like an 82-year-old Oscar voter. Exactly. exactly. Man, I was going to say I was going to say Delroy could have a uh, Gary Oldman spot like on that list, but, but yeah. yeah, I, I hear yeah. you. It's it's a tough But one. anyone have any other pick? I mean, Chadwick's well, going to get it, but anyone other yeah, have any other I would give it to Riz. Riz, I would oh, give it yeah. to Riz. It's an it's an exceptional performance. Uh, well, I'll talk about it more later. I think though that Chadwick Boseman probably gives his best 
career best performance in this movie. Oh, that's such a but shame. But also, too. I yeah. saw The such Father and Anthony Hopkins move me to tears like at yes. the end. Yes. So I was yeah. like, if anyone's yes. going to come after Chadwick, yes. it would be Hopkins. Yes. And like, how about everybody? is going to be sympathetic. To everybody that. getting late to the screeners, popping in yes. The Father, mm-hmm. realizing he's the best actor in the category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's Hopkins amazing. Fantastic. Amazing. That, that movie needed a, a, a perfect performance and Hopkins delivered it agreed I I actually sensed in the text thread brother Nathan was was really just stoking the father flames Uh, (laughs) it tore tore up my list hard charge hard charge forward to actress in a supporting role I'm going to predict Yu Young Yoon for Minari I think um, she really holds that movie together and I think Oscars Oscar voters will recognize it um, it's not who I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for Glenn Close as my mom. Oh, come wow. on. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. She's never had an Oscar. She's are never not, tasted it. How are we not supposed to I know we got to keep that. us moving. Mamow. things to say. Mamow did, um, <laughs> did amazing work. She's never no tasted get, Oscar gold. She's never tasted Oscar gold. Maria Bakalova, the people's choice. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. I'm voting for Maria Bakalova. You think they're going to win? Going to win or should win? No, should and will. Should and will. She's going to be the surprise. I think that's right. The nomination is her award. Well, if ever there was one. Well, this is a podcast, so raise your hand if you saw Minari. I mean, you guys saw this performance? Uh, Clearly. Yes, I saw Minari. I told Lodgemaster to watch it last night, but he didn't. No, it's a podcast. I I saw Minari was the only Oscar film I could not get to. I I really was cramming towards the end. I'm sorry, folks. No problem. I'm going to see it, but she's great in it. She's great. She is. She's like. The, well, some, a little comic relief. Said the Alan Arkin the, role in Little yes. Miss Sunshine, like it's similar. The 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 old grandma who's like just really the charming part. Eccentric. Of the She's the think, color. Did yeah. The, did the grandma sure. win in Titanic? She didn't win, did she? No. no the nomination. Was, <laughs> uh, it's Glenn's year. Y'all. This is she incredible. just won the BAFTA this afternoon. Actually, it's an incredible grandma role right. in Minari. Well, Mamma's gonna slam dunk take, it in your faces. Take everything with a grain of sand. I said, you young Yoon for Minari is gonna win. And you should follow me. Okay. Actor in a supporting role. I think Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah has it on lock. Yes. He's Um, been doing amazing work in the uh, PR department. He was on SNL and he was great. And he was, he's just really. I'm going for Paul Racy and the Sound of Metal on that one. You think is or you like? Both. Right. That is, okay. that is a heartful pa- pa- choice, Lucas. Paul Racy. To speak about Daniel for a second, mm. what is this category? It feels a little bungled. Why Why are, Why are? is Lakeith and Daniel in this? I listened to the reason why they were supporting actor and not actor. Why isn't I, Daniel I still actor? can't wrap my head around it. It's, 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 it's really weird. It's confusing. If he's over in the acting category, I'm looking strongly at Daniel winning best actor. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I would say, were we ever to have podcasted that film... I my biggest problem with that film is that Lakeith is the lead of the movie and instead they made it a two hander. Mm -hmm. And I think it's weird that Lakeith is in supporting. Interesting. um, Because Kaluuya, the POV of the movie is through uh, Lakeith's character. Yeah, I agree with that. And and it's weird because they almost felt it had to also be the Fred Hampton biopic. Yeah. But the story and the tension is in this man. Uh, and and his identity struggle. I just think um, it's yeah. flawed that they're yeah. running against each other. Very flawed. Because I yeah. think Lakeith in any in any other world, he's he's an incredible supporting though. Right. You know because his his role is so complex as a Judas character. Yeah. Well, we'll be coming back. But I think Kaluuya is going to win. Yeah. Yeah. Kaluuya's got in the bag. Racy. Sure. 
Uh, Maybe the best performance I, of the year. But, not, but Racy made me cry. Is, like yeah. I got, I got work choked up when I saw it. No, God bless not to, to, to that, that, that performance, that one clip of Racy. We all know what it is. Yeah. The intake scene yeah. Yeah. Uh, is incredible, and it's a, it's a heart stopper. So yeah, it really deserved the nomination, and I hope he In goes the feels, on. Yeah, it caught me Tomorrow hard. Side. I didn't realize. I was Charging forward, yeah. best director. I think it's. Close out for Nomad Land yeah. in the yeah. bag. Yeah. She won I the DGA, mm-hmm. I think, last night. Yes, sir. And uh, there's no... There's no question. There's no question. No. Like, she's got it. Yeah, I thought um, Regina King should have been nominated for Best Director mm. for doing One Night in Miami as opposed to Thomas Vinterberg's Another Round when I was looking at the nominees. I thought, like, side by side, you know, Regina King did a lot of work. In terms of direction, yeah, I did a not lot see of work. Uh, one night. It's in Miami. great. It's really. Great. It's, uh, I'll, I'll have more to say about it later. But, oh, wow. but I, I love seeing spillover of nominations for another round in categories where it shouldn't be, other than foreign film. So I kind of counter that. You know, I love seeing the spillover. Do I we? Do we feel Fincher might have a shot with Meg stealing it from Oof. Chloe Zhao nah, as like a legacy? Meg's huh? got some technical awards, but I just don't think it's going to be. I don't see it winning big awards. Because I love his movie, The Zodiac, but that got nominated for zero Oscars. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. wow. I think Fincher will be here again. Uh, Mank is, is so Fincher's Oscar a mainstay. worthy, though. Yep. It's so Oscar, like, you know, it stands out there to just be king. You know, put the crown on me. But it's it's not the year <laughs> that it's going to get recognized. Pressing on to best adapted screenplay. Mm, this was a tough one. This was another one of those three. This is three, a tough one. Those three categories. This I had to wait to the last minute. I don't yeah, quite understand Borat. Borat. Being a nominee. It's adapted from the from the original. From the yeah. original. It seems sequel. like Nomadland's gonna win this one. I for think Nomadland. I usually it's it's the it's the film that does the most work in the adaptation, and Nomadland was a nonfiction book adapted into a screenplay. Good theory. I will say <laughs> that I just noticed uh, the BAFTA went. I believe went to the father tonight, <clears throat> but I believe that's a British film, right? Uh, I and, think so, yeah. And and the director is also the playwright who also adapted his play. Ooh. Yeah. So, but but I don't know how much work went into the adaptation. I think the production, well, we'll get to the other categories with the father, but yeah. I think it's a dark horse. Yeah, the yeah. plays, and just for my research, don't get much, um, don't often win because it's But just when, they work. When, when they, they work. when they work. When they work, no doubt. Best original screenplay. I think this one's going to for the for the big award for this film for the night. Promising young woman. Agreed, one hundred percent. Emerald Fennell. I think that's where mm-hmm. Oscar voters are like, we got to honor her. Mm-hmm. This will that'll be the, the only award. I think. Yeah, so. I agree. Yep. Anyone have any counter? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think Judas uh, Judas has a chance as well. I mean, this is coming from an original screenplay. I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I will have things to say about Judas. Promising looks like the... Promising. Looks promising. Man, promising a woman. Promising. Very promising. Yeah. International feature. I've only seen one of them, and another round is pretty much got in the bag. Yeah, I agree. I, I disagree. Lock. I disagree. Okay. I've okay. seen three of them. Um, here comes the Zach Flex. You got a favorite over here. I can feel it. Well, I definitely have a favorite. You're going to be hearing about it <laughs> on my list. Okay. <laughs> And I also think it's going to win. That is the Romanian documentary collective. Okay. Big Vinterberg fan. I wish of I had the seen hunt. collective. I yeah. feel like it's it's up my alley, and yeah. I will see it, but I can't comment on it. I sadly. also had, did not get around to seeing collective. Okay. I watched the third of collective before it bummed me out so hard. <laughs> oh, I couldn't right do it. Well I could not right do it. So I'm the only one that's completed. This Sorry, one. Zach. Yeah, and that's fine. Be, we'll, yeah. we'll be talking about it. And what's cool. messed up yeah. is. 
I thought it was about another fire, nightclub fire. And then I was like, oh, no, this is another one. Like, there are more than one. Like, and then that's when I died inside. I was like, I can't. I just can't. I well, think, then you won't be talking about it. I think another round is going to win. And, you know, inevitably, there's going to be an English language adaption of another round. Yes. Uh, I just. With whoever the fuck. Steve Carell. Said it. UCLA. <laughs> the, yeah. the, only thing, the only thing for me. I just don't want to think about who they think Mads. It's going to be Steve Carell. I really enjoyed another round. I just. Uh, it's a little bittersweet because his last team up with Mads, The Hunt, was such a killer film that I just, you know, I wish that was the one he was getting all this shine for. That's all. Yeah. I got to yeah. I gotta go back to The Hunt after watching Incredible. Round. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Best documentary feature. I think Obama's Higher Ground Productions is going to win once again with Crip Camp. It seems to me the um, crowd favorite. Very uplifting did anyone have uh anyone see any of these yeah i i think collective is gonna win but i saw the mole agent today just before i came over here okay and that movie made me cry it's great consistently mm. like i couldn't stop i was like what is what is going on i've only seen time uh i'm really i'm really you know neglecting, neglecting the documentaries this year i have i have another doc that's on my list that isn't here I'll, yeah, I'll talk about I think there's that. a lot of snubs that that are on a my lot top of 10. snubs. I'm not going to yeah. give them away because I actually think it was a better year for docs than narrative. Yeah, yeah. it's Incredible not even docs. particularly Agreed. close. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I've heard good things about Collective and Crypt Camp. Anyone though. thinks Time's going to win? I think Time as uh, has a shot. I, I think uh, Octopus Teacher for the boomers in the crowd has a shot. Okay. Uh, I would go with Collective. That would be... Uh, how do you feel about it getting honored here? Is that Collective? Yeah. I would think that would be worthy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think people should see it. Wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely, you should see it. I'll be talking more about that <clears throat> very thing. Mm. Animated feature film. In the bag, Pixar's soul. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> I was onward on Lock here. it up. Onward and upward. Sorry, I have to abstain from this story. Put the chain on it. I've heard good things about Wolf Walkers. You know, this, I have good, this heard Irish, good things, yeah. you know, led uh, yeah, animation, cool. which have hmm. done the story of Celis. Or there was another one that I missed, but people have raved about it. Uh, but uh, Soul just has it. Yeah. Production design. Mank. This was the third category. I waited to the last minute because I didn't know. I was like, "This is a tough one." Yeah, there, there's some there's some uh, competition, but I think I, Mank's going to probably get Mank it. is yeah. the biggest production design. I think yeah. Mank Most is the production biggest, design. And I think yeah. that yeah. I agree with you guys. I think that's why it wins. But I actually think the father is the best use of production design for for like for moving the narrative uh, forward through the production design that I've seen hmm. in recent memory for breaking your brain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like totally blank when I look at this. Like news of the day, I'm trying to, I'm straining my brain. <laughs> news of the world. world. Oh, those little huts, those little huts that they went in and out of. Uh, Tenet, I mean, Tenet is a marvel. Tenet was like a hotel design. lobby, though. It was like they just like shot where they stayed, Tenet, and the casting I mean, crew was like, I, I disagree. There's the, and a plane there's the cylinder happened well, to burst through. The issue with Tenet is there was a big fallout, obviously, with Christopher Nolan and Warner Brothers. And. They Warner Brothers just gave up on it. They're just like, we don't care about this movie. Like, it'll get visual effects, which we'll come to. But Tenet just didn't get many nominations, and it should have, in my opinion. It should have, in my yeah. opinion. Too. It should have gotten sound and editing. Yeah, I was kind of surprised yeah. personally. Film editing, I predicted the trial of the Chicago Seven uh, reluctantly. Agreed. <laughs> uh, That's what you think because it's got win? the most editing. It's like the Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, there's a lot of dialogue. Always a lot cutting of into talking. the dialogue and. But like, I thought the father should win it. That was who the I. The father think was, is who mm -hmm. I would give it to. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Now, now, father. I actually think 
um, were this in a vacuum that Chloe Zhao has a shot with yeah. this, a, a case to be made here for the editing of this film. I mean, I am but, rooting for it. I yeah. think the editing, the movie was kind of made in the edit. They shot a lot. Yeah. And, and she really um, transformed it in the editing bay. Biting so, my tongue so hard on okay, Nomadland. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll talk about Nomadland later. <laughs> Cinematography is going to go to, I think, Eric Messerschmidt for Mank. Agreed. Anyone Mank. Have, anyone have any... Uh, uh, yeah, it's the most agree? cinematography. Ooh, uh, I mean, uh, Joshua James Richards, Nomadland, I think. I, I agree. There's maybe. a couple of things that we're suffering from not seeing Nomadland on a huge screen, because I think... It'd be very rewarding. Francis McDormand just shitting in a bucket on IMAX. He just won won the BAFTA for for cinematography today. Uh, There was a synergy, I think, with director, actor, and cinematography in this film that should be honored. Well, he is the the director's uh, partner. Yeah. Yeah. With that that setting and backdrop, how do you not make that look good? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Now, now. No, no, no. Now, Sean Sean Bobbitt uh, for Judas, I thought... Lit that film it and looked like the seventies. Yeah, it looked like beautifully, yeah. beautifully yeah, shot film. Yeah. Really strong. And he and he is, uh, and he's just a vet, strong DP. He shot Twelve Years a Slave. He he's done a lot of stuff with McQueen. Great DP. I don't yeah. think it's going to go Manx way though, Dave. That's just my two cents. Okay, well things might change between here and now. I could see Nomad. I think Land the whole winning. night um, Fincher's doing those shots every time. Anybody you Nomad Lamb could sweep it. it anybody could sweep. have any snubs on the um, cinematographer front? I think Hoyt Van Hoytema for Tenet. Mm. I think that's a cinematography masterpiece in mm. my opinion. Mm. It's a really strong. I haven't seen yet. So. You haven't seen Tenet yet? No, sir. Okay. Yeah, I was waiting, We're waiting and see. waiting for theaters, we'll and then, the theater. and then would, everyone was just, the and then everyone, I think it was, I started the Lodgecast, and I think you said you were reading along, <laughs> but, and I, and then I turned it off because I thought, okay, I, I'm going to try and, and watch it, and then Lodgemaster said, it won't matter, you're not going to understand <laughs> it anyway, and then the air just released from yeah, my We're going to IMAX, we're going to IMAX, we're going to watch it. Okay, yeah. okay. Hard costume, costume design, moving forward. I think it's going to go to Ann Roth. For Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mm. Anybody else uh, have any ideas for the costume uh, design? Uh, agreed. No, I, I thought maybe an outside chance in Mulan, but I haven't seen that. But I would imagine the costumes would be plentiful. That's a good note, too, jumping off that. Like, uh, Oscars honor these flashy ones. I mean, I, I'm trying to struggle to remember Mulan's, but it had all kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah. But my second would be Ma Rainers for sure for the period. Okay. No, doesn't Emma Emma's more of a Victorian kind of costume drama, right? So, I mean, that's a dark, which horse. is usually where yeah, they Emma go. Could but win they've it been too, moving away from those kind of films in recent years. Emma's pretty white. Manx a little yeah. too subtle, yeah. you know, with the fedora hats and uh, Trish Somerville's excellent. She and News of the World, Tom Hanks too. looked like a Williamsburg hipster. Like he just like it was so <laughs> weird. He looked like contemporaneous, you know, yeah, like twenty twenty one. Best sound. This is a new category, and mm. what's going to win? Sound of metal. Sound of metal. Sound of metal around the board. Everyone got to be. Yeah, right? it has to. It's just the most showy one. You know? Yeah, it's one that integrates it into the plot. It yep. feels immersive. It it's, gives it's you that essential. feeling of unease and anxiety that the characters did a great through. job. The word yeah. "sound" is in the title. They're going to be like "sound of metal." Sound check mark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's as simple as infuriatingly simple as it is sometimes. Yeah. True. That, that's, it's always a strange category where they add some of these weird blockbusters like Greyhound. 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 Greyhound <laughs> like may, may, maybe Star Wars for, for like the ocean category. sounds or something, but yeah. it's it's cheesy doodle score. It's like well, I remember that movie had a lot of score. All right, y'all. 
We're hard charging into best original song. Uh, hmm. Anyone speak, have any? Speak Now. I, I chose Speak Now, I chose which was speak now One Night in Miami because of Sam Cooke. Like, this, the song that he closes the movie with is just mm. like, oh, my God. Mm. Yeah, Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah. Just nails mm. it. Like, it's and so heartbreaking. He wrote it and he sung it. Yeah. Sure. Leslie Odom yeah. Jr. wrote the song. Yeah. That guy's pretty talented. Yeah. My brain, like blinks again when i look at this category <laughs> this is always when i i relieve my bowels yep. or, you know yeah <laughs> I, like my I, I, I have nothing anyone rooting for eurovision song contest no no okay. no uh i got one snub one plus one yes <laughs> leslie odom jr's other movie uh, amen yeah, that's a big old see ya for music amen. no one else saw this except us God, could you imagine if she Cold there was one weird like nomination for that like best God, production I remember a real heartfelt, she performed that a real heartfelt song at the end of Did, sound of metal and that's not included here okay. i'm not sure but was that an original though that she sings question. at the piano you're talking about? Mm. Yeah, like th that song in particular. It must not have been original. I don't think I it think was original. An original. track. Well, I don't know. Let's go uh, to a there's an end track, too, that's very moving. I oh, don't okay. know. It seems gotcha. strange that it's not here. Gotcha. Let's charge to original score. Mm. Uh, I feel he's double nominated, but I feel for Soul, Trent Reznor Agreed. and Atticus Ross and John Batiste in this one is are going to win for Soul. That's Absolutely. What, that's my... Yeah. Uh, uh, predictions. I think a huge snub is the Tenet score by Ludwig, I think Gross Grossman. He's a Swedish yeah, composer. Yeah. Uh, given his Oscar uh, legacy, he won for Black Panther. He's an incredible composer. Yeah. I think that in particular was crafted in tandem with the real complex imagery. So for it not to be here, I, that's my favorite score of the year. I yeah, bet so Tenet would have got more nominations had it been seen in a theater. I think once people yeah. got it on a link. It was like, oh, it's the same old stuff he's up to. Pass. Like, they didn't give it a chance. Yeah. What will win is Soul. I think Soul mix. will win. Yeah, Minari might be a dark horse, but I'm pretty sure Soul's going to win. It's uh, amazing that it's honored, you know, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. They're, they're having an incredible career. Uh, I, I just, I love where they're going with their career. But uh, to, be on, to be honored for Mank and Soul is... That's range. Woo. Yeah. That's some range. I mean, and I thought their work in Mank... You know, although not a fan of the movie, I thought their work in, in that film was, you know, new ground for them in, a, yeah. in an exciting way. Yeah. yeah. To, to <clears> note <throat> that the score of Soul, uh, John Baptiste, you know, includes a beautiful blend of modern jazz and old jazz. And then Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are doing like afterlife music. It's it's mm. pretty it's pretty unique. It's Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. And I'm going to talk about it very soon. Mm. Moving on, folks, to visual effects. Uh, I think there's not much contest here. It's going to go to Midnight Sky. <laughs> <laughs> the digital uh, pee flicking scene. How much scene. do you buy no, no. that vote for? It, you know? it's, like, it's either going to go to Tenant or Mulan, right? No, it's Tenant all the way. Yeah. It's yeah. It is no, Tenant all the way, and I think that's be. why it, it should be honored there. So People were yeah. moving backwards throughout. That's the only one they campaigned for. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay, very last category, makeup and hairstyling. Now, I'm picking Come a I'm pick, Come on, Mama. Uh, no, no, Mama. I'm picking a dark horse. I mean, I'm obviously rooting for Mama. There's no doubt about that. But I'm picking I'm picking Pinocchio, the horrifying Pinocchio movie because it has the most makeup by far. You're picking that? No, no, no. I Dude. I'm pick, I'm picking Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That's my choice. But what makeup? That's my question. They did a lot on well, no, Viola. Because when you look at Viola Davis and in the she photo like at the end, it's like the same hillbilly elegy move, except people are going to like Mama or uh, Ma Rainey, excuse me, 
I think more than Mama. Yeah, we th- th- these are always the races that we can't quite see. Maybe Emma is is scoring mm. high with with the coiffed hairs and the you know we, <laughs> don't, we don't know. You know? It's, it's a weird category. They usually ignore hair though. It's usually a makeup thing. Bishki, you're really gonna steer people's office pools to Pinocchio. Dude, that's, yeah, don't <laughs> throw. Not, I looked. Don't throw I your look, I was gonna say Hillbilly Elegy. No one liked that movie. It's winning looked, nothing. I looked at she the looks history ridiculous. of what won. It's always what gets the most makeup thrown on. And I'm gonna Pinocchio. Yeah, but I'm gonna just put. <laughs> one, I'm, I'm gonna saw Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Did Pinocchio gonna, even have a link? I'm gonna urinate in the pool no, of the nightmare of, people. I watched I the elegy. Zachary, what are you saying? I'm gonna us? urinate in the pool of the elegy slightly here. Okay, good. Uh, JD Vance <laughs> is going hard MAGA is, right now. Yeah. And uh, Hollywood is not gonna take that kindly. They don't want to celebrate this man on their biggest night, and he's probably running for the Senate. And he's embracing uh, Tucker Carlson and white replacement theory. He's out. Yeah. The movie's out. But it's Glenn Close as Mamaw. It doesn't matter. What's Glenn Close going to say it when does she not wins matter. for Mamaw? Mamaw, <laughs> you're done. You better win. You really got honored a few times here. Yeah. You're done. You're okay, done. guys. No country for Mamaw. We're, mov- <laughs> We're moving on to the shorts. Live action. No, All I'm right. kidding. We're not doing any of those. Okay. Nice. okay. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the second half of our show. Oh. We are moving on to the top 10 films of 2020. I will start and we'll end with the Lodge Master as we go in clockwise order here. Counting down to one, right? And we're counting down to one. We're going to start with number 10. I've got a prize for Lucas. Wow. <laughs> you don't know if he has top 10 yet, though. I've yeah. got a prize. Oh, I do. I do. Oh. Lucas, Lucas has a top 10 this year. Wow. Does he? Congratulations. Do you have a top 10? Oh, wow. He had a yeah. top five no, round before. Don't, don't, don't look at it. it. I didn't. I. Blurred my eyes, but but I have this prize for Lucas Aww, at thank, the end. Thank you, brother Brisky. Once we get to wow. the, it was, it was a good carrot on a stick. It was good motivation. To number one, it's a it's a Blu-ray shaped package, so it's oh, very it is Blu-ray oh my in, God. Wow. in shape. Wow. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna start number ten, Tenet. We did not see this Tenet. film in the way that God or Christopher Nolan intended to. Same person. Uh, yeah, same person. <laughs> In some circles, he's but as soon as I get my second vaccine shot this week, I am running to theaters. I'm taking you to Wonder Woman '84, and then we're going straight no. to Tenant, and then we're going to Tenant. We're going to do double bill. I'll do Tenant with you in but theaters. He, yeah, join us, Zach. Even on the small screen, I thought this film was thrilling, uh, mind-bending experience, and visually, Nolan is working on a higher level than any filmmaker that I've seen. Uh, this movie's confusing. I tried to explain it in our hot take. But uh, I only saw it once, and I can't wait to get back to AMC Theaters and see it again. That's my number 10, Tenet. Number 10, Brother Nathan. All right. So I wanted to start the list, just throw everybody off a little bit. But uh, <laughs> I have I have a doc as my number 10. Mm. It's mm. called Jasper Mall. Mm. Oh, I saw that. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it premiered at Slam Dance in 2020, So, but I think it was shot in 2017. Showing us something new. It's, it's a meditative, sensitive, bemused portrait of this dying mall in Alabama. Right. Oh. Uh, it's like one part elegy of capitalism, one part walking through these these disastrously barren mall landscapes that once were filled with people. I mean, uh, I think I think the dock itself captured uh, captured these bundle of emotions that you feel about these. There's there's a movie that came. There's movies that come out all about these like dying of the light. I, I call them the last films. Like last <laughs> blockbuster just came out, yeah. which is a featherweight in this you know competition genre. But this one, this one has a deadpan display of the people that it interviews. Uh, it's the one I thought about the most, and it's kind of um, 
kind of kind of calls back brilliant Christopher Guest. I mean, there's nice. there's moments that are so mm-hmm. true that they ring beyond the norm. Um, highlights are the apex when they dovetail into the 80s. Uh, to some of those nostalgia of they our old mall. footage, uh, and so yeah. I recommend anybody that's that's leaning towards that. But I wanted to add it to my list just to give it a, a spotlight. Love nice. it. Nice. Yeah, I will, I will watch from all. I will watch. Brothers it's on Hulu. Uh, yes. And Tubi TubiTV.com. Okay, Brother Zach. <laughs> yes. So a few weeks in preparation for this, I was weeks. ready to do weeks. in. I was ready to do an entire documentary top ten. Wow. That's the kind of year it was, that. gentlemen. Whoa. It was that kind of a year. There were narratives that deserved on the list, but the docs were so strong, I could make a case for docs only. Sure. Then, I, upon further reflection, and finally with the father, mm. I had to just open up the gates. Narrative. And here we are. We find ourselves at 10. Uh, <laughs> this is my only split, my only tie. And that is with the father, uh, Florian Zeller, adapting his play, uh, available on the iTunes, with another round, uh, Vinterberg's film on Hulu. Uh, really, the father earned this spot for its brilliant use of editing and production design to immerse the viewer in uh, the disorienting panic of dementia and, of course, uh, Sir Anthony, Sir Anthony. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but another round is still... In the spot, holding ground, uh, because of Mads's final dance number, uh, yes. that's about as euphoric and expressive a final moments of a film can get. And you leave the audience walking out of the theater to that or their couch uh, to that number. And it's a movie to remember for that reason, uh, though their combined work was more memorable uh, with the heights they reached uh, with The Hunt. Okay. And so if you enjoyed another round, I would seek out The Hunt. Go much on the hunt. darker film. Much darker. Much darker film, but ultimately uh, a much more powerful film. Nice. Those are my dual top ten. Uh, number ten. Tens. Lucas, for the first time, number ten. Yeah, so my number ten <laughs> is a documentary as well. And like Brother Zach, my top ten list is going to skew heavier towards nonfiction. Love just surprisingly, that, yeah. yeah and, I, love uh, that. I was glad to actually, this was my first year, I think, looking at my letterbox data to help me put this list together, which was like mm. an enormous tool, which is great. So I highly recommend it. So my number, my number ten is the documentary The Swamp. Which is oh, wow. about uh, yeah. the political culture on Capitol Hill in Washington D.C. Wow. It chronicles the activities of three Republican congressmen: Matt Gates, you might have heard of him lately; Thomas Massey and Ken Buck, <laughs> who uh, you know are just trying to raise money for their campaigns. And then the story is set uh, around late 2018 and 2019, leading up to the former president's first impeachment proceedings. Um, this was one of those documentaries that just delivered it's it's like one episode it just nails all the points and shows you with like clarity like how the system kind of works and it's just obviously everything you've heard or suspected is true but just to kind of like see it laid out so cleanly was just like a a shock to the system like a slap to my my senses like I, i was just devastated and was like you know anyone any one of my friends i would recommend this to like you got to check it out like absolutely yeah. to see matt gates just lusting after trump oh, and just wanting God. to be his Such little boy bootlicker his and good little boy that was like his pinnacle and now he's like fallen so far it's amazing it's so juicy fall. it's like i don't even know how many scaramoochies that is but we got to do the math <laughs> on it lodge master number 10 number 10 a movie that we've covered 
And there's not a whole lot more to be said about it. It's Mank. Mank is at number 10. Okay. Mank made the top 10. It's just, it's just candy for the eyes and ears. I think people were bringing too much to it that they expected it to be, and they couldn't just enjoy it for what it was. I was enthralled the entire time. I thought the story, I thought the story may not be the most accurate, according to LT. I was very angry about it, but I don't give a shit. It just looked great. It sounded great. I felt like I was in amazing hands with Mr. Fincher, and I I couldn't have been more pleased. It earns its top 10, 10th spot for me. Oh, that's Mink. Absolutely. Number nine, Soul. Pixar's Soul. Mm. Look, Mm. I saw this over Christmas with family. It's been a rough year in lockdown. (laughs) I'm generally not into Pixar animated movies. I see like one a year. It's true. But, uh, and usually Pixar movies, I can like kind of deconstruct. I get the message early on and I'm just like, okay, this is what's going on. This is what they're trying to say for adults and for kids. But this one, I was guessing till the end. I really, it was a moving target and I was like, I was uh, very intrigued. I loved the trippy animation. I love Trent Reznor's music and the message becomes clear. And even for kids, um, my eight-year-old niece is very bright, and she got the message, and it just warmed my heart. It was a great time with family over the holidays, and I can't lose sight of that. Um, <laughs> uh, God bless you, Pixar. This was a good one. Nice. Switching gears dramatically, uh, my number nine is a movie called Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Heard this. It's a pair of teenage girls in rural, rural um, Pennsylvania travel to New York City to seek out medical help during an un, unintended pregnancy. So this is an abortion movie, guys. Uh, I, someone recommended this to me. To, to The minute I watched it, it was like an empathetic wonder. I don't, it, it, the film was so compelling, it's almost casual sense of realism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't find many films uh, on my list where I was connecting with the, the central character, and this one I really did. I kind of needed a... I, I noticed with some of my watching, I needed a film that was a little bit more bare bones or a little bit more... Uh, you know, I felt like the burning heart of a story, and this one was that. Then when we get, when we get to the scene where uh, that gives the film its name, it's a, it's a quiet few minutes in the film... And there's no undue theatricality, yet the viewer is hit with this, like, emotional sledgehammer. I would say what's really great about this film is that uh, the characters are unknowns. So uh, Sidney Flanagan and Talia Ryder are this pair of friends that go to New York City to help her with this this problem. It's a very politicized topic, uh, but I didn't feel like the film was very political. So I thought that that's a true, uh, you know, point for the film. It's a strong bare bones film. It's about self determination and friendship. So I really wanted to add it here. It's a female director, Alicia Hitman. Uh, okay. So I'm looking at her. Uh, this this one hit hit that mark for me. Nice. nice, nice. And I wanted to honor it. Yeah, right on. Night number nine for bro- brother Zach. Uh, I'm gonna bring a little comedy, mm. and this one packs a lot of comedy. Uh, and that is Borat 2. Yeah. Subsequent movie film. Yes. Uh, Jason Walliner, available on Amazon, yep. did not have a clue that uh, he had such a funny and fresh feeling follow up in him years, this many years later. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and I think Maria Bakalova does the impossible. She steals the movie she's from the Sasha best. Baron Cohen. And yeah, uh, and yeah. he's great in it, but she steals the movie. Yeah. And uh, that's my number nine. Everyone's probably seen it by now. If you haven't, you should. Yeah. It's 
a great time. Yeah, it has no right to be any good, but it it is. That's it, right. Right. It almost blew my mind and how good it was. Yeah. Brother Lucas. Number nine is also a nonfiction documentary, uh, Baby God. Oh, it's yeah, about this creepy fertility doctor in like Whoa. the 1950s and 60s who for like 30 years of his practice was using his own sperm mm-hmm. to inseminate wow. It's really compelling. Patients. Wow, I've never heard what this. What is it on? Who would uh, find uh, out HBO. years later. HBO. Yeah, I think it's it might be HBO, HBO Max. Yeah. Um, but it's like another one of those. It's like 78 minutes long. Like it packs such a punch because, again, you're getting all this information downloaded or debriefed. And by the time it ends, your head is spinning and you're just thinking like – there there's this guy he's fathered all these children he's got like hundreds if not thousands of siblings you know like half brothers i mean it's just like my it's like that vince vaughn movie that i don't think anyone saw delivery man but anyway right because yeah. uh, <laughs> it unfolds in interviews too you see similarities between this man and these people oh. uh, so it's a constant like the new person is every revolving door <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll watch it i will have yeah, yeah it's super cute. creepy it's baby like god. baby yeah, god baby god oh, okay. yeah Lodge Master Matt. Number nine is a little movie called Kid Detective. Yeah. It stars Adam Brody as uh he's he's like a encyclopedia brown of his small town. Okay. And then he gets older and doesn't really know what to do with, with his life. He's got all these kind of skills with solving these uh, you know, incidental crimes, and then he tries to solve a murder. And so there's like this there's this sweetness, but there's also this dark edge, and there's this very like knowing, confident, dark comedy that's running through the whole thing that just hit me like just right in the bullseye. I was I was very entranced by it, and I was enchanted by it, and I think it needs more eyes on it. Uh, that's my number nine. Kid detective. Kid detective. Kid detective. Co-sign yes. on the kid detective. Yes. Mm. Co-sign. Mm. Kid mm. and very entertaining. Yeah. Mm. I'll start in the number eight countdown. Number Boy eight. State. There it is. Watched a lot of good political docs oh, yeah. this year. Feels Good Man and The Swamp, which Lucas mentioned, starring Matt Gates, were a few of my favorites. But I think in terms of the one that's going to stand the test of time, Boy State had amazing uh, documentary characters give you insight into what's happening politically and what's going to happen politically coming forward. <laughs> and we had a very fun lodge cast with brother Brian. If you go back and listen Great to episode. it, he attended Boys state and met president Bill Clinton. Oh, that's right. Go listen to the Fantastic. podcast. Brother Brian was great in it. And, uh, almost caused a riot or and, anarchy. And he, and he was very anarchistic. <laughs> There's some great tales. Yeah. So that was my number eight number brother, eight. Nathan. Boom. I got Judas and the Black Messiah. Nice. Okay. And I, this creeped up on my list. Uh, I watched it maybe two weeks ago. I mean, wow. Daniel Kalua and Lakeith Stanfield, was, they're absolutely amazing in this. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, I was, of course, enraged, uh, moved, guilt-stricken by all the white men behaving badly in this. But uh, coming off of, you know, the Chicago 7, I mean, I, I watched that very similar. And it, the, the stories dovetail together. That has a lot of Sorkin speak, which if you're a fan... <laughs> That you know, then it's great. I, I think it's <laughs> yeah. amazing. You know, everyone says exactly the right thing at the right time. That's not how life is. So when I saw this, <laughs> this one really felt like a real movie to me in in 2020. You know, like a real, a real well researched, carefully presented, uh, strong contender for best picture. So I was wowed by this. That's yeah. my number eight. It's great. Yeah. Um, I'm in sync with Brother Bishke. My number eight is Boys State. Mm. Yeah. American politics in miniature. <laughs> uh, Expertly constructed, entertaining as fuck. 
available on Apple TV from Jesse Moss and Amanda McBain, Boy State. Yeah, there it is. Lucas, Brother Lucas. My number uh, eight is another documentary that wow. I just watched today, um, like right before I came over here. The Mole Agent, mm. which is a, a Chilean film from South America about an 83-year-old man who goes undercover as a mole in an old folks' home to see if an old lady is being abused. And it is just wow. like this eye-opening uh, glimpse into the subculture, into the retirement home community. And it is a very sad one, a lonely one, very bleak. It's like where we're all headed, you know, because eventually, even if we do have friends, they'll, they'll die or be taken away. And our family at a certain point won't be able to look after us. And so we'll just be, you know, sent to stay somewhere. And you, Sounds can, only, great, Lucas. you can only hope that someone like the title character, the mole agent, shows up to kind of brighten up your day and, and spice up your life. So I highly recommend it. It's, it's great. It made me cry. It's nice. a good companion to some kind of heaven. It's actually like mm. a slightly more charm. Well, some kind of heaven has its own charm. Is I anyone bringing up some kind of heaven? I wonder if we're going to be getting there. Yes, we're going to Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. It wasn't on my list. Wait, but wait, I, but I, all right. Yes, we will. Okay, okay. Very, very good. On to the last Not to step on toes, anyone. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Okay. But right now, number eight belongs to Deerskin, y'all. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Ooh, yeah. I almost forgot about that one. Deerskin. I did not. The jacket movie. Deerskin is... <laughs> It's a Viva la France. It is a singular, truly singular vision. I gotta see. Yeah. No one else but the creator of this film could have possibly come up with this. Like it's impossible. Yeah. And when you see that, when you see a very specific set of goals laid out that are very strange and like nothing you've ever seen, or like like no plot developments you can even fathom. And then it just checks all those boxes, knocks them all out according to its own fucked up internal logic. It's it's a miracle. It's a miracle movie for me. I was smiling the entire movie and shaking my head in pure bafflement. And for me personally, you can't do better than that. So it's it's on the list. It deserves to be on the list. And I hope that people invited in. And it's very short too. So very that's short. another one of the yeah, seventy six or something. It's right? 70, real yeah, seventy eight four somewhere in there. Yeah. So if you're yeah. in hell while you're watching it, you won't be in hell for long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels like a new trend. And yeah. you likely won't be in hell. Oh my god! Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably going to be at least halfway into it. Yeah. That's the guess. And the main guy's from The Artist, right? If anyone... Jean Dujardin. Yeah, Jean Dujardin. There's fans there of him. Number seven, I'm going to follow on Nathan's footsteps and give it to Judas and the Black Messiah. Nice. I thought there was uh, strong performances all around from Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, Jesse Plemons, and Dominique Fishback. All complex characters written by Shaka King and directed with clarity and confidence. At a time when... Most 70s period pieces look phony, such as the trial of the Chicago 7. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought Judas was very, just in terms of a period piece, looked great. Yeah. Um, it pushed me to learn more about Fred Hampton and the Black Panthers. And I really look forward to what writer-director Shaka King does next. I think he's quite a talent. Mm, that, and by the way, for Kugler as a, as a uh, producer. He's producing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and what I heard is he... Directly off Black Panther, cashed his chips in to produce this movie, and nice. I think you got to give respect. That's a good to that. sign. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everybody's so committed, man. Brother Nathan, number seven. Number seven. 
I got the father number seven. Father makes his appearance. Here comes the father. I heard a lot of, I mean, I heard a lot of pre-rambles about this, you know, (laughs) hey, knocking it that it feels too much like a play or whatnot. Um, I thought the elegance of it it was that it was a film adaption. So it it, it could kind of sneak around you know like uh, i i I, 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 there's there's continual stuff where the characters playing multiple roles where the set design is is so seamlessly moving from one thing to another that it's disorienting as as me as a viewer Mm -hmm. uh so i thought that was really unique i mean i I was expecting this to have a little bit of the the wife vibes or the the wife film of the year where it's just kind of a a dead stone that i'm watching (laughs) because i want to impress you know uh, my critic self but this was this was not that i mean uh like i said i love that i love how they they played with uh the art direction where you were you didn't quite know where you were and and you needed it's essential that you have the center of this to have an incredible performance and Hopkins delivers. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't ready for, By the end, I wasn't ready well, for his final regressive yeah. cry for help at the end. It's intense. Uh, it's, a, it's a showstopper. So yeah. it's definitely on my mm-hmm. list. Number seven. Yeah. Yeah. We almost could do a sad, our sad, uh, inevitable futures film festival we could. No, of, yeah. of the father, nomad land, some kind of heaven, the mole agent, and uh, a lot of I, getting old and dying. <laughs> There's one more, and it. I can't remember it right yeah. now. But, but yes, they've these movies definitely made me like wrestle awake in the wee hours. Yeah, <clears throat> I do still recommend them all because we all have to face it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hillbilly elegy. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> mama. Um, my number seven. <laughs> my number seven. Uh, we are now continuing with documentaries. Mm. Uh, we have Garrett Bradley's Time. On Amazon. Okay. It's fantastic. Uh, the film follows uh, Sybil Fox Richardson fighting for the release of her husband, Rob, who's serving a 60-year prison sentence for armed robbery that the couple committed together. Um, it's beautiful, heartbreaking journey through decades of unjust incarceration. And it really utilized, the, the movie uses the music of this Ethiopian nun pianist, hmm. uh, Emma Hoy. I'm going to really mess up her name. Uh, Emma Hoy Segu Miriam. And I, I own this on vinyl. I've had it for, I don't know, eight, nine years on record. And it's such an incredible piece of music. I highly recommend just getting the record or yeah. just putting it on your Spotify or however you listen. But they use it in the movie just to beautiful effect. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's a moving poem of a film. And um, I can't recommend it enough. Really, yeah. really strong, um, uh, powerful film. Great. About the time that families do, not yeah. just the time that the incarcerated yeah, the, the, the amount well of loss, yeah, The amount yeah. of loss that they take in. It's yeah. really a, a movie for them. You speaking about that, I also was reminded of, of Olivia Coleman's character in The Father and and how Father is a movie about the the people dealing with yeah. that as yeah. well. That's right. As long as the affliction. The so time they too. do as well in that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And Rufus Sewell. All right. Rufus. Number seven is another documentary uh, that I also saw recently um, this past Friday night. And it was one that was on my list like all year that I was looking forward to seeing. And uh, it was in a text thread with Zach. It was, people were talking about it. It was the painter and the thief. Mm. Mm. I've heard good things. And like, I put, I, I, even with people talking about it and the hype, I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how I was going to react, I guess rather, because like 20 minutes in, like 19 minutes in, 
the painter shows the thief his portrait mm-hmm. and he like has this really amazing moment reaction to it and it just touched me like it just moved me like so deeply yeah um the film is an interesting uh puzzle to kind of piece together because it's not told chronologically which may you may help it or hurt it depending on your your mood or your taste but it is just a riveting documentary and should be seen yeah lodge master now these films are my favorite films of the year. I don't think these are the best films of the year okay. necessarily. That's what all these lists are that we're doing, right? I mean, these are I'm our just favorites. underlining that three times. You got Tyler Perry in here? Before I talk about Host. Okay. Host is a, which would be re- reductively described as a desktop film. Desktop film or a oh, Zoom film okay, or a yeah. Skype film. And it is a it is a horror picture. It is like... 68 minutes soaking wet maybe yeah (laughs) yeah it's really no fat on that one and it it just delighted me it was a sheer delight from start to finish i was totally into it i was totally on board and i before it began i was totally against the whole genre yeah as much as bishki pushes it on us and i do think it still has its problems and its limitations but this particular film really opened up my eyes to how to do it right. If you keep the right sense of humor, if you have the right sensibilities, if you know the pitfalls, which it did, it did. of this of this type of movie, it it circumvented all those things and delivered exactly what it needed to and it hit me right in the right funny bone and the right scary bone and I I want to honor it on this on this beautiful day. I love it. I love Host. it. Yeah. I love it. You're starting, the, to, you're starting to convert me, Bishki. One of the best desktop films. We got more coming. There's there's, there's some good ones <laughs> no on the way. horizon. LT shaking LT, LT didn't even attend I, that episode. Yeah, I think we were, were all tickled that we, night. You know, for further listening, people can you go forced to the quit at your cast. own peril. I feel Searching was that way, too. Like, the two we selected of the desktop films were yeah. actually the more interesting ones. Mm-hmm. We got another one coming. We got another one coming. <laughs> okay. Number six for me, uh, Borat subsequent movie film. Mm. Borat 2, for me, hit at the exactly right time in October of 2020. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember back then. but We were deep in Tensions were pretty high in the United States. <laughs> uh, Borat was the hilarious dark satire we needed. And I definitely think it's the comedy of the year. It was so great to see Borat again. And Maria Bakalova with, was outstanding as Borat's daughter. Hopefully, we'll never see Rudy Giuliani again. Yeah. But we might. Okay. Brother and Nate. <laughs> So number six, I have Sound of Metal here. Okay, yeah, yep. And uh, it, it, when I was exploring these lists, the Father and Sound of Metal kind of sat together in my mind, uh, and and I think I know why. I mean, thematically, they're they both have these very invasive problems that disrupt their entire lives, and both are sobering as a viewer. Uh, I, I found these very affecting. A metal. Metal slightly took the edge because of the sound design. I think I think the sound design is overall immersive, and it, it kind of creates this phantasmagoric world uh, of this tragedy that this guy's going through. So I really like the film. I mean, I, I have that I have that written in my notes. I really like the film. The movie touched me, you know, again and again, uh, full of really intense. Uh, feelings. Riz Ahmed is fantastic. Uh, he's a brilliant, committed actor. Uh, I think I've liked him in everything that he's done, and I really like the roles that he's choosing. I, I have like this real soft, I think a little dull, warm crush for Olivia Cook, who's mm-hmm. who's Lou in this. Um, I think from Ready Player One, and uh, I really like Thoroughbreds, which was a, an indie in 2017 that people should check out. 
there's there's the scene with the lovers. You know, I'm just recalling some of my favorite stuff. Uh, the "You Are My Heart" scene that they have when he when he has to leave her and how dependent they are on each other was really special. Uh, it's it's I mean it's an instant tearjerker. And uh, we mentioned this before tonight, but Paul Racy uh, as Joe, you know, who um, runs the rural deaf shelter, he is fantastic in this. He has a yeah. scene that just it just blows up on the screen. So. To me, this is kind of a, you know, any other year, this would have been Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, sound of Metal is that strong. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like they're they're kind of in my mind, Father and Sound, uh, as, as, as a, it hooked me and I was with it. So, uh, number six, Sound of Metal. Number father's six. Metal. Father's Metal. The Father's Metal. Uh, number six for me is Deerskin. Yeah. yeah. I said it oh, on the wow. Lodgecast. I am jealous of this film. I am jealous <laughs> that... This film is so knows what it wants to be, and it executes it to a T. Uh, it is deadly funny and just sweeps you up in kind of its mania logic, and it's absolutely one of a kind. There is nothing else like it, and I can't wait to rewatch it. That is uh, Quentin Dupuis' Deerskin Available on HBO Max. I like saying, yeah. where are the listeners yeah, can yeah, yeah. find Go check these it out. films? It's a VOD. Uh, if they may discover <laughs> that they have a subscription where they can get this for free, seek I'm, it out. I'm really intrigued that it showed, it showed up on both of your lists. So I think for for a, a listener who's listening, like, what is the, is the tone quirky? Is it is it? Oh yeah. Give it. Give I it. Mean, a, give it a. Give it a shine. It's experimental. I'm a, like, I don't it's know. It's minimal. Like this. Yeah. yeah. It's absurd. Absurd, but it's Absurd, based yeah. in it's in, in emotion that rings sincere in its own way. Yeah. It's you just Nate, you gotta see it. it definitely, it definitely adding it, it is, to my it's, list. It's, a, it's fun, man. It is. It's a wild. It's wild. Well, I think I, mean, I, I love that it's on your list, and I think that should spark some interest in what it, this is. You know what? I mean, you know what it is. Cool title too. It, it's 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 and that's literally what it is. It's yeah. a man. And his deerskin jacket, and how it makes him <laughs> feel, so rad, and how right. it makes him feel, and it's the kind of person that he becomes, and he how he, what he thinks he's going to become when he puts it on. He looks cool. It, yeah. yeah, it's killer style, man. <laughs> killer style. And, That's what it was. And yeah. I, there's just something uh, when you make a movie that operates on a fable. Yeah. When you can deliver it, and, um, without wasted breath, in yeah. in such a short, succinct fashion um uh, yeah i just i'm 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 jealous of i've seen a couple of this guy's other films i like them this to me is by far his best film nice. that i've seen so nice. yeah brother lucas number six number six the documentary class action park which mm. is uh based on this real uh, amusement park that was in new jersey in the 1970s and 80s oh, yeah. that was both roller coasters and rides but they also had a water park in addition Called and, Action Park. Yes, called Action Park. And Johnny Knoxville made a narrative right, fiction movie right. called yeah. Action Park. Do not see that. Which film. we covered. Damn. Which we covered on the launch <laughs> cast. Do not I see forget which episode number, but it was, it was like, like number early. 2018, early days. 2019. Yeah. But the documentary is actually better because they give you the whole story of how it got built and who ran it. But they actually get like really good uh, interviews with people who grew up working there and going there. And like the stories they tell get these really crude kind of animated drawings. And it's some of the funniest like jokes. I mean, I was laughing really, really hard. It was <laughs> a, a big boost and pick me up for for last year that was 2020 so if you need a laugh like definitely check it out a lot of employees having sex in strange places <laughs> it's hbo, HBO? Yeah. uh i think it's hbo i think so yeah okay. i forget 
Class Action Park. Look it up, y'all. Lodge Master Matt. Number six is a tie for me. Two docks. Mm. Mm. Some Kind of Heaven and Circus of Books. Mm. Yeah. Some Kind of Heaven is about a retirement community called The Villages in Central Florida. And it kind of follows a few of the residents there through their through their ups and downs. Circus of Books is a very touching story about the family that ran the titular bookstores in Los Angeles. And you kind of see the evolution of gay rights over the decades through their eyes. It's very interesting. And they're two very beautiful and very bittersweet tales about aging because you know the people in the villages are aging the very notion of a bookstore is kind of aging and dead at this point so you know it's it it would make a very potent double feature to look to watch these two back to back and i just i just found them very touching i feel like i feel like you watch you watch some kind of heaven first circus of books second because the last shot of some kind of heaven just I can attest to that. It just yeah. puts you some kind of heaven dark. Puts like, you under. put yeah. me in a dark place for a while. Like it's uh, it's very well done. It's beautifully shot. And it's yeah. already in a dark place. <laughs> no, I know. But like so when you're good. ready for it. When you're ready. See you ready? ready see some kind of heaven. It almost made my top ten just because agreed. Same because it stuck with me so long. Yeah. And Circus yeah. of Books is on Netflix. You can yeah. easily see that one, and that one's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, they're gone now. All those stores are gone. Yes. Okay. Uh, another round. Anyone? Another round of beers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> top five, folks. <laughs> another round. Here we go. The top five. Number five. Lucas beat me to it. The painter and the thief. Mm. You got to see this documentary. Um. It was a recent discovery. I was binging uh, prestige films in the last week. And yeah, this, you were. This is a Norwegian documentary about an artist who befriends a man who stole a painting. Uh, he's a drug addict, and she paints portraits of him. And as Lucas mentioned, there's an amazing scene where he breaks down at the portrait she painted. But this takes a roller coaster ride through their three-year relationship. Um, I mean, it's just a friendship. They're both very honest, fearless individuals, and... It's set in Oslo, and it's just refreshing to be in a country where they don't demonize criminals and drug addicts, but they actually try to, like, reform their lives. So why don't you move there? And Mm -hmm. so someday I might return (laughs) to my ancestral homeland of Norway. Yes. I'm half Norwegian. Supercharge your beard. And this film really... uh, stuck at home to me like their relationship they're very they're just fascinating characters and you got to see this film uh the painter and the thief number five for me uh one of the best docs of the year for sure number five i have the assistant which was a film that's uh kind of had a rocky release date i think it, it eventually released in 2020 so I, I wanted to include it here i had an amazing screening of this film not knowing anything uh the movie is the movie's about julie garner who plays a PA to a certifiable, certifiable maniac in, in a one-day film. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, those classic one-day films. But um, people, people say they understand this kind of situation coming. I, I had this experience coming to L.A., being a PA, and having this, this unbelievable job of, of dete- you know, working with a, 
uh, pretty much a certifiable maniac. Yeah. So th this this movie. There's a captures, lot of them are roaming around. Raise your hand if you've had that experience. Uh, and I think a lot of people have. So if, if you're a person that that has has gone through that and survived, you need to see this film. Um, Julie Gardner's lead performance as this as this PA was so calibrated, uh, with all the small uncertain gestures that she deserves all the praise. Uh, she she's someone who's new to me with this role, uh, but don't miss this quiet thriller, uh, The Assistant. My number five. I only didn't watch that because of Lucas's scathing Letterboxd review, but maybe... Uh, I'm, I'm bringing Love and Light tonight. But <laughs> love I, and Light. Love and Light. Maybe I'll check it out. Love and Light. Uh, Lucas lived that life, so... That's true. <laughs> I, I think it's too close. Brother Zach. Number, my number five is available on Amazon from Steve McQueen. It's hmm. Lover's Rock. Okay. Ooh, nice. Um, I still need to see more... Of uh, these, this is one of five films that he made in the series. We can debate: is it a TV? Is it a limited series? They're all standalone, um, and this film for me had um, the most transportive few minutes of filmmaking all year. When the DJ cuts out the music, and the dance floor starts to sing Janet Kay's "Silly Games" a cappella, and not just the chorus, they sing the whole song you can hear the creaking of the floorboards mm. the sweat is dripping down the walls it is spiritual moment truly um the whole movie is like the west indian immigrant experience in london in their own space in this house party away from white english society and all of their repressed expression, identity, and emotion unleashes on the dance floor throughout the film, but none more than in that scene. And it's really, really special. And um, I've never had a musical film express so much authentic emotion before. If you've been hesitant to breach through uh, the McQueens, because yeah, there's small five acts, of them, yeah. the yeah. small acts uh, films, start with Lover's Rock. Okay. It mm. is easily one of the best films of the year. And um, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Really, cool. really wonderful film. And a great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. I'll check it out. Brother Lucas, number five. Top five. Uh, this uh, this is another documentary that really hit, hit hard. It was a multi-part one, which I'm not usually a fan of because I have a very short attention span. And <laughs> Usually, like, there's not enough story or plot to keep me interested for that many episodes. He gets, he gets grumpy. But this is Murder on Middle Beach, mm -hmm. which is yeah, this uh, crazy true crime doc where this film school kid uh, back east is, like, doing, I think, like, a in-class assignment, like, making a documentary about his, his mom's murder that happened when he was young uh, years before. And it's just like, it's just like, just crazy riveting. Like, I don't want to go into too much about it. Cause I feel like if you just watch it cold, like you think you know what it's about and then it like turns into another area and you go, okay, this is what it's about. Then it turns into another area. And by the end of it, you're just like, holy fuck, this is going to be made into like a movie you know, starring Tom Holland, probably, <laughs> uh, with the Russo brothers directing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it, it really was just like, I felt like the citizen Kane of, of like, uh, 
personal documentary, like autobiography or something, you know. He's interrogating all his family members. What was yeah. the name of it? Murder on Middle Beach. Right on. It's yeah. another HBO Max documentary. I, God, I HBO documentary films are so good. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you, Lucas. Like uh, the material, uh, the subject matter didn't seem like he would be able to handle and, and shape this material, but it's very mature and uh, very rewarding. Yeah, no, nice. I highly recommend it. It's always cool when when a filmmaker is so close to the material and they still pull it off. That's the same with uh, Circus of Books. It's directed by the daughter and the family. Oh, wow. And you're just kind of like, oh, great, uh, making a movie yeah. about your own family. But you pulled it off. When yeah. you pull it off, it's great. To yeah. have that remove, I, I guess that control of the material is, is, is challenging. And yeah. they pulled it off. It's amazing. Yeah. And Lucas, congrats again for doing 10. Well, this is his viewing. This, is, but, this yeah. is a new standard. Brother Bishke motivated me because... Was it, it the present, the it gift? Was, it was definitely the gift. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm a total... He uh, wants sucker, it. Common. ...sucker for, like, the dopamine... <laughs> Like no, I I love I love I love uh, movies. I do, but but I don't, I'm like I am such an Old Testament like purist, which is I I don't I don't put movies on my top ten unless they get the bare minimum of, of three bones. Just so we're clear, yeah, sure. Um, and that's been tough lately. It has been. It, it has because you guys year, are all mentioning yeah. movies that that I either seen or haven't seen, and some of them that I have seen that are on my list. It's like oh yeah, like tenant. Like I I like that. That was two and a half bones. But like, I just can't quite tell anyone you have to see this. Sure. Um, yeah. But no, it's all love and light, and and it it does it it does make me look at the data more closely because I am so uh, narrow minded. I'm just thinking about motion pictures, like theatrical movies sure. in a theater, and then it's like, oh wait, you know, documentaries do count, and there were a lot of them yeah, in 2020 more so than I think in any other year, maybe, or maybe I just be I watch more, but yeah, but yeah, they're lot, great. This was the year tracks. of the doc. Love and light to you, brother Luke. Love and light. Lodge Master, number five. Number five. Y'all got the father way too far down on your list. The father is at my number five. It's a masterful tale. Another tale about aging and uh and losing your mental acuity. Mm. Uh it reminded me of another movie that we covered called Relic, in which Relic. the oh, mother Relic. the mother is losing her mind and the house envelops her and changes in different ways this is much more you know spare but is doing the same thing in a way that i found just masterful like just when you start to understand what the rhythms of this movie are doing and the more you understand the more disoriented you are it is fascinating and you can't i can't even none of us can explain what it's like to watch this movie it gets inside of your brain and you question everything yeah. about what you're seeing. You I, don't know what to do. I think that's because it's the first film for me that made me feel after watching it, this is what it feels like to be losing your 100%. memory. 100%. And yeah. I've mm. never, and we've all seen examples of dementia on screen before, and I don't think anything has ever it's come It's never close been to this, this empathetic. Yeah. It's never yeah. been, you've never or felt. Scary. And or I, scary. Or truly like, yeah. And I love how they stay with Anthony Hopkins when, when Olivia Coleman leaves, and they just stay with him at the end. Like, mm. because life goes on with these people. Like, you know, Alzheimer's, takes the mind and but they have to keep dealing with it so yeah it is a quiet horror film that just slowly squeezes like a vice grip around your brain and that doesn't sound like a good time but 
it's a cinematically nutritious. So time. smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. smartly composed. And like the play is amazing. I, I think yeah. like for me also, like at the beginning of the film, I don't know if you felt this way, but um I was almost thinking like, uh oh, it's gonna be a play yep. on film. Yep. And then within I think one of the first turns where you're like, wait, well, she was this person, but that was this per well, wait. And all of a sudden, yeah. I'm it, not thinking about that this is a play that. anymore. It's very intimate. And again, like I said earlier about the production design, even though the film has the same floor plan, the whole movie, we leave that right. that space. Yeah. It's incredible. And I think yeah. scenes leave reality to yeah. where you, you, you question, did this does this guy really provoke him? Or is this how Anthony is perceiving being slapped? You know, one character slaps him and is very, very belligerent to his cause but you you're, he's correct in in because he's the protagonist you know we want to we want to side with him like yeah, yeah you you did hear his that character name is anthony yes. so it connects you yeah. even more you're like oh shit somebody's got to help this guy D- does anyone know Fantastic. was that the character's name in the play or did or did question. he change no, no. it for it the actor it just no. seems like i do know I, I think knows. what i do know is the director who's also the playwright only offered it to anthony wow. that makes sense. in 2017 wow. wrote it for him and was like i will wait for you and it literally took them this long to get it made but he was like i wanted no one else yeah for the, for worth the, the wait. sensation and yeah. very briefly it reminded me a little bit of Anthony Hopkins' own directorial film, Slipstream, where if you are if you are a true deep lodgehead, you will go and you will seek out Slipstream. Mark Hamill? No, that that's that's oh, a different Slipstream. Uh, this oh, is sorry. Anthony yeah, Hopkins' right? Slipstream sorry, with sorry. Christian Slater and a bevy oh, okay. of other uh, oh, yeah. strange luminaries. Fantastic. All right, pressing forward to our top four. Woo. Number four for me, Mank. 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 David Finch has done it again. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Oldman as Mank carries this movie about the writing of Citizen Kane. I love Mank's battles with Louis B. Mayer, William Randolph Hearst at San Simeon. While the historical as- accuracy might be questionable. Spot on accents. Your accents. I don't are know right what on. I'm doing, but it's still a great story well told. <laughs> bravo, Jack Fincher. And bravo, director David Fincher. He's trying so feel, hard to get a rise out of Lucas, right. but Lucas ain't taking the bait. <laughs> I'm taking photos of Bishki in portrait oh, mode because the sun, the sun is setting on his beautiful beard. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting I'm getting, getting the magic there. hour here. Okay, I do uh, Nate. Number, number four. four. I have Tenet read at number four. Whoa. Nice. I mean, guys, this was this creeped up on my top ten. I, 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 I'm surprised. I mean, I think you need a second viewing. I, sure. I think and on a big screen, and eventually. maybe a third. This, yeah. yeah, like this has an asterisk by it. Just definitely to experience it the way he the way he intended. But it's truly rewarding on second, third viewing. I mean, I have I have returned to this film maybe the most. Hmm. Uh, How many times? The other ones. Three. Well, I watched it twice in Same. a row at a drive-in. So you know that oh, seven o'clock showing, yeah. and then I was like, and May fell asleep. My wife fell asleep. Yeah. While I watched it again into the darkness, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and 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 the film felt like a like a palindrome in that way, where you can watch it end to end, and it's still very rewarding. Um, I, I think a lot of praise gets thrown at Nolan, and and I always like roll my eyes when I when I hear that. But uh, this is someone who's trying to find these little nuggets of of unexplored cinema. It's true, um, he, and magic. I mean, I, I don't know the, the the thing about Tenet that uh, is really exciting is you become an active participant in how something is viewed uh, and I'm, I'm speaking directly to the reversed material or yeah. the reversion material yeah um it's a purely cinematic experience to watch something go backwards is how you would view it you know it's how you would view it so what i think is the viewer takes he's asked you to participate in a lot of ways it's a very complex story but but it's all very well thought out so 
on repeat viewings. I think these kind of films are more rewarding to me as I as I mature in my film viewing. Uh, I, I want I want films I can return to and not just ha be digested and move on. Uh, uh, so that they, they can capture my attention is, is really rewarding. Um, there's a couple of great things. Uh, elevated star making turn by John David Washington. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been calling him JD because I just can't. You know, he really brought the cool in this movie. Mm. Um, and I and and I mentioned my big snub of the Oscars is the the soundtrack, uh, the score by Swedish composer Ludwig Göransson, yeah, uh, who who gets honored for Black Panther uh, just to show you how diverse his career is. Uh, he created a score very early on in the process with Nolan um, to kind of capture uh, reverse harmonics. I mean, uh, I, I just mm. really want you guys to like uh, experience. Yeah. Um, how that told a story for me and, and, and created a lot of the emotion that's within Tenet. And uh, it's an essential part of the viewing for me. That's the score. score. The score. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and why it got snubbed for Oscars. Like, who gives a shit? Who gives to me, a this shit? is one of the better ones of the year. Who gives a shit? Oscars, Bro who gives a shit? And I co-signed <laughs> that notion. Hashtag, who yeah. gives a shit? Brother Zach. Yeah. Number four. Number four, uh, Nomadland. Nice. Chloe Zhao. Nice. Available on yep. Hulu. Um, deceptively simple, yet in my mind, expert filmmaking that requires a deft touch, uh, subtle, powerful, and where many modern stabs at neorealism fall flat. This film was poetic. Um, it got to me during the screening, but it really kept coming back to me in the days and the weeks since I've thought of it over and over again. How we carry grief and loss um, as we move on from it, even if we don't move on from it, how we take it with us. I thought very, uh, very moving. The scene where um, one of the nomads shares her experience, kind of her peak life experience mm -hmm. of being in the river with these birds. Oh, yeah, that was amazing, yeah. Uh, it just, like, you can't write it. You can't write that. And so she captured some of these stories um, from these real people. And I think McDormand and Strathern really blended seamlessly into this world. Yeah. And I thought the filmmaking um, just seamlessly delivered um, a very powerful statement about loss, grief, and aging in our society. Uh, in a way that was unique, even in a year where we have many instances of, of tales of aging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so much it, aging. I'm sure it will be on many game. other lists, but, um, yeah, it, uh, very, very memorable film for it's me. Coming. It's coming. <laughs> Brother Lucas. Can't stop what's coming to you. Uh, my number four is my final documentary, Ooh. uh, nonfiction, um, pick. Which is I'll be gone in the dark, mm. which is mm. oh, nice. uh, I think an HBO uh, mm -hmm. docu series. Brother Bitch, like three or four <laughs> episodes, or Here's is that not say, count? Just to say, I will, for the multi-part documentaries, they are allowed, but I will scold you. Gotcha. Okay, because yeah, there was some controversy the, over scolding coming. Or is it happening? Murder on Middle Beach is also a. a yeah. Yeah. I remember. Shame on you. There it is. Fair. No, but we, <laughs> uh, we included the OJ I, doc I, one year, and we were all cool. No, with the it. OJ well, doc, but they 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 drew the line that year. Yeah, no, I understand yeah. that we were talking about this earlier on a, on a group thread about yeah. multi-part things, and I, I was it. reading I was reading up on it, but I was like, gun to my head, like this is what I'm telling people to watch. If yeah, they're like, yeah. hey, what right have on. you seen? That means something. Um, and I have a personal head. connection to it because uh, not only am I a California boy, born and bred, 
I'm like fifth or sixth generation Californian. Like my father and his father, like all the way back, were, were born in the state. And in 06, 07, I was listening to Indie 1031. And Steve Jones used to have a show from like 12 to 2. And he was like out one day. And he had Patton Oswalt guest hosting. And Patton brought on his wife at the time, Michelle McNamara. And they were giving this like radio interview about like unsolved crimes. And so that turned me on to her blog, truecrimediary.com. And then occasionally I would send her articles that I'd read about. And maybe once or twice she wrote back commenting on certain articles that I'd sent her. So when I found out she suddenly passed, I was really shocked and devastated. And then when the uh, book came out, I immediately bought it and, and read it, even though I felt the book was just in its early stages of her manuscript when she passed. So like her husband and, and her editor and a bunch of people like finished it for her. But they did as well as anyone he, possibly could. Yeah, it was tough. It was a tough job. Yeah. Um, and so the documentary is basically like about the book, essentially. And it's all about this serial killer, the Golden State Killer. Um, who terrorized the entire state of California for like 30 years before he got old and had a family and stopped killing. And then, of course, DNA technology catches him. And it they catch him, I want to say, like a month after the book like came out. So it was kind of freaky. Um, so it's just very emotional story and uh the the point of view of it like with Patton Oswalt kind of like walking the viewer through his wife's life and how she got into this and then why she started writing about it like it's just some really tragic poetic like life imitating art imitating life like it's just crazy to me it's like it's another one of those like Citizen Kane type documentaries where you're just like holy shit definitely uh, see it I, I definitely second that I was obsessed with the Golden State uh you know, murders, but also the book. And then I think, I think you, brother Bishke, uh, texted me, Hey, you got caught or something. Right. When I finished like the last few lines of the book, um, uh, just, just to add to the, um, the adaption, the HBO uh, documentary of it, they do some incredible, um, arc lighting time-lapse to create, uh, these long shadows or this menace from, from these neighborhoods that are really uh, pastoral. So, so it was really exciting. It's almost like a Zodiac take of, um, Mm -hmm. and very handsome, well done doc of that material, but it's very sad. It's cold. It's case after case of, uh, descriptions of murder. (laughs) And just knowing and just knowing that the author, it was her whole life Mm -hmm. to catch this guy and to bring him down and completely obsessed. And she didn't get to see it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she was definitely, I think, traumatized by it and was like self-medicating and not really taking care of herself physically. And and it's just scary how stupid and, and just fragile life can be sometimes you know it's a recurring uh, recurring theme on this uh, top 10 yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, 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 the book and the down. film uh is framed in that she's an avenger in some yeah. way so that uh that personal point of view of that material elevates it look it's we true. can talk docu-series for days okay <laughs> tiger king you want to oh, talk man. about tiger king oh, no. you want to talk about the last he's giving me the evil eye you want to right. talk about so the last dance you want to talk about tiger king well here's no, the no. thing you want to talk about right, we're moving jeffrey on. We're moving epstein we're moving on Okay, and I on. took that personally. Uh, yeah, <laughs> my my number four would have been the Last Dance, but I I followed oh, the rules and I couldn't you. do it. Oh, sorry, Last Dance Censor, was great. So, so go see it. No, Last Dance is four bones. That would have been on my top ten. It's a TV Emmy that winning. Was, that was too TV. Yeah, yeah. that was too that was whatever. Too, too much archive. My number four is Feels Good Man. Yes, yes. documentary. Oh, nice. It's very 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 now. It's an anthropological study of the tenuous line that we straddle between our physical and digital lives. 
It follows the creator of the Pepe the Frog cartoon as he watches in horror as his innocent character becomes a sinister figurehead for the alt-right, neo-Nazis, and many other very fine people. It's an amazing story and an amazing doc, and you have to... If you're a citizen of the internet... Yeah. You got to see it. You got to see... You got to see how the food chain works and how things get mutated, and and this just this just shows you that poor guy. Man. I, that poor guy. I really <sighs> think this doc helped me understand what le- what was left that I did not fully understand from 2016. Yeah, in a in a way of that nothing else did. I like this really is is a must-see documentary it was very close to making my top 10 as well yeah. it's really really excellent nice and it, and it keeps it, it it's not all doom and gloom like it keeps a buoyant feeling the guy the guy has yeah. a positive attitude but he's he's just trying to ignore all these right-wing trolls and they keep resurfacing you can't, you can't get rid of them it's yeah, you can't the internet yeah, remains undefeated yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, my best doc of the year. Number three. We're in the top three, folks. Woo! Top three, guys. Spaceship Earth. Whoa, yeah. Nice. Y'all, y'all might have remembered. We lodgecasted this documentary back in May of 2020. Seems like a decade ago. Ooh. We were in a dark place. <laughs> Had some parallels. It, it gave me f- hope for the future of the lodge. Yeah. Uh, never doubt that a small group of citizens can change the world. Or at least come together and build Biosphere 2 and quarantine <laughs> inside of it for two years. <laughs> Amazing footage throughout of this remarkable experiment it's called documentary done right and a true inspiration to the movie lodge uh, i recommend all lodgers see it That's my favorite great. doc of the year i loved it spaceship earth on hulu probably still okay brother nate <laughs> can we just also just say yeah, yeah. hulu is a great app who knew yeah. i've discovered in Hulu's this last year or two excellent foreign Indie art house and tons of stuff on great there. TV comedies. Yeah, I mean it is. If they just, have another round, you know. Right put like now, Netflix so. to shame, in my opinion. Uh, uh, yeah. Hulu is infinitely classier and better shit on it than Netflix. I will yeah. say my my subscription just lapsed, and after this recording, I'm going to sign right back. Up. There you, you should. Go, you should. Hulu. Yeah. We're looking for uh, you want you want sponsors. Hulu, we're looking at you. We'll, Rami, we'll help you out. HBO Max. Shout out Shout to out. Rami. Probably the least talked about best show on TV. Thank on you. Hulu. Is he allowed to talk about TV? Uh, no, that's we we'll gotta, edit that out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Brother <laughs> Nate. Right. Brother up? Nate. Number all right, three. All right, all right. We're gonna shake it up. My Brother Nate's gonna shake it up. Brother Nate. We're gonna shake it up a little bit. I got number three. I got Possessor on my list. And I don't know where it's not gonna show up. I don't know where the winds are blowing on this one. But this movie should have had promo items that said, "I lost my lunch at dot 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 Possessor." Yeah. A spectacularly violent film from beginning to end i think it's the best horror entry of the year mm. um, I, I need to have a horror every year mm-hmm. uh yeah. just to see where the barometer is and this is a hell of a barometer i mean well we like him we like brandon cronenberg <laughs> we like him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the son of david <laughs> cronenberg <laughs> who's following in his father's sacred body horror footsteps with this uh oh man oh man oh man uh <laughs> the, the one thing that I kept when I watched it, I mean, it's obviously we all know if, if you have seen it, Unrated. it isn't just about the blood and guts. There, There's a lot operating within like like all of Cronenberg's. There was a lot operating under the surface. So um, I'll definitely uh, mention that. But um, one thing I think about Possessors, it would have been a very cool episodic 
television show. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't say that like at all. a fucked up quantum leap. Right? I don't say that at all about any, any, <laughs> any material leap. at all. But each possessor, just think about that, each possessor being a new bizarre case study. Uh, it would be fantastic. Um, I, uh, uh, that's all I'll say about the film, but a special mention for Andrea Riceborough for not taking these obviously yeah. silly, trite girlfriend roles she's and con- for consistently choosing challenging material again and again. Uh, she's the secret best, for me, the secret best actress of the wow. year. Uh, she likes and, to um, dabble in in like arty love, horror, doesn't she? Yeah. Uh, uh, very unglamorous. Yeah. Um, she's Mandy. Uh, yep. Mandy is a great example. Uh, I'll view anything she does, so I just wanted to mention nice. her. Number nice. three, Possessor. Nice. And Jennifer Jason Lee. All right, Brother Zach. <laughs> uh, number three, we've talked about quite a bit, so I won't belabor too long on it. But for me, number three is Darius Martyr's Sound of Metal, available on Amazon. Concise, visceral, strong example of film as a medium uh, providing um, this, an immersive um, experience for the audience to experience life in the shoes of someone else, in this case, forced to re-examine their own identity in the face of tragedy. And I think it's a great example of why film is the ultimate uh, art form for um, being able to uh, culture empathy and understanding like no other art form and and uh, can do. And I think uh, this is a great example of why that's uh, the case. I think, you, Nathan, you were saying earlier about you were looking for movies that really put you in the mind, in the headspace of the main character. And um, obviously the father does that. But yes. I think Sound of Metal, uh, Nomadland does that too, I think. But, but Sound of Metal really... Uh, it so economically um, puts you in Riz Ahmed's character's mind. You know, even in the opening moments where you're just seeing his daily uh, ablutions that he goes through. Oh, and then, sure. the, you know, four or five minutes into the movie, he he goes through them the second time and this his hearing is fucked up. Yeah. And you immediately are like, you remember, oh, he makes his shake, he does his push-ups, he brings it, like, <laughs> you know, and you, you see his whole life in an instant changes. And um, and then the repercussions of that is the rest of the movie, and yeah. uh, Paul Racy and and Riz Ahmed um, year best performances, um, just a really excellent film. And I, I haven't read a ton about the making of it, but it sounds like it was a decade plus journey for the filmmaker I to get this it. movie made. And um, yeah, I believe they had a, a separate pair of actors. I won't mention oh, who they were, but you can look on the internet who they had forever and now it's switched. Okay. And it's kind of hard to imagine. Yeah, it is really... Um, was it Ryan Gosling? Without Riz. It is really a, a movie <laughs> that, that you just can't imagine. It's amazing when someone like Riz in this role, you can't imagine anyone else. And so I would be curious to see who it was. But anyway, number three, Sound of Metal. Boom. Brother Lucas. Great. Number three. No more docs. Yeah, here we are. No more in, TV. Into uh, my bread and butter, Reality. the uh, narrative features. Uh, number three has been talked about. <clears throat> it's been on some of your lists. It's the father. Yeah. So self-assured. It just runs so smoothly. Like, it's a taut <laughs> 96 minutes. Um, I watched it on Easter Sunday with my mom after we oh, went to wow. this drive-in church <laughs> ceremony in North Hollywood, which was kind of surreal. It was like a first for me doing a drive-in ceremony. 
where they like give you the body of Christ through the window. It's a doc um, just like, like based on that that the shit happened. <laughs> yeah. And so we, we had brunch at her place, her apartment. And then afterwards I was like, we should watch this because, um, you know, she's in her seventies and is not getting any younger and God forbid she starts losing her mind. But like brother Zach was saying, this was like a very empathetic portrayal where it's like, wow, they're doing a great job of not only, you know, making us feel what it, what it's like to be Anthony Hopkins, but also his, you know, daughter and her husband and all the other, the, the nurse or the assistant, like all the other like supporting characters. And by the end of it, yeah, like my mom and I were both crying. Like we're both dabbing our eyes with <laughs> yeah. like with Kleenex that she's got set out just permanently yeah. like an old lady normally has. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that hit me really hard just because I had zero awareness of the movie. And then when I was looking at the, the nominees and Anthony Hopkins popped up, I was like, I have to see this because yeah. I have no awareness of it. And it just knocked me out. So it's definitely something to check out. I think Olivia Coleman too. I mean, we've got to mention her, yeah. how, how yeah. she's bouncing off those scenes with him. And it's not a showy role, but no. she does mm -hmm. she's exactly so what she's, she's one of she's our so best. good. She's yeah. one yeah. of the best. Yeah. Yeah. Every role in that is great. Imogene Poots plays like a nurse. Yeah. And it's like they're all heavyweights to me. Like they're all yeah. stars in their own movie. Rufus yeah. Sewell. Yeah. He, yeah, he's when the movie really picked up. For yeah, me. When he, he really starts yeah. pressuring her. Yeah, to. Uh, put her in a home and it'd be like a very that, yeah. handsome play you know you think about that but that it's a film ad adaptation yeah. and they can do all these different things he really justifies really why it. it's a film you yeah. know yeah and i think i think that's a great point like a lot of plays that make their way to movies um are like well you know it was a good play so it why not make it a film this and they play it really safe too yeah uh, they yeah. kind of just shoot it exactly how you do it masters to cuts and, yeah yeah and this really, really took advantage of the medium, and um, I, yeah, I'd be curious now to see how it how it works as a play. But I think it 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 must be different because as a film, it's it's pretty special in a way that is uh, wholly cinematic. I think. Yeah. Suffice it right. to say, you got to see the father, y'all. Brothers, see it. yeah, we just keep hammering. Lodge Master Matt, what's your number three? Number three, I'm syncing right up with my boy Nathan. It's Possessor. Yeah. I didn't think it would show up. Oh, I'm so Hands down. The most viscerally violent and disgusting film I've seen in recent or distant I memory. lost my lunch. I lost my lunch at... <laughs> I'm making a sticker. Dot, dot, dot. Possessor. And I couldn't, I couldn't take my eyes off it. It's not for everyone. It's not for the vast majority of people. Mm -hmm. But if you've survived and thrived through David Cronenberg's filmography, Brandon's the boss of the next level that you got to face. All right, I got to see this. Uh, Zach, yeah, yeah. Zach, you have not. Zach, you haven't possessed. seen this. And I listened to the to the episode. Oh. And as Ooh. I was listening to the episode, because I didn't expect, You're I didn't expect that. All the way to the episode. I was. I, I remember where I was running as I was listening to the episode. <laughs> it's trauma. And I was going, oh fuck! Yeah. yeah, this one and this is a real one. Even hearing and about the two it of is you traumatic. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm. It's on. It's, and we landed on number three together. That's yeah. great. great. That's yeah. great. It's gonna it's it's gonna make my it's gonna make a screening on my couch. Be in the top three yeah. of most of us, but crazy. What a year! It's a beautiful movie. All right, guys, I think we're to the top two. Top yeah, two. another beer me, Bishki. Beer me, Bishki's in the zone, do it. man. Let's do it's it. like don't talk to your pitcher in the middle of a no hitter. Really? <laughs> yeah, we gotta start making uh, Oscar jokes about how long Thanks, this is going. No way. I actually am impressed that with the five people talking about all of this, we're just plowing through like at a it's at a flash it's all pace. about a paragraph, which is really well, great. Keep us all, all right. Here we go. Number two. Number two. Listen <laughs> to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. 
pronunciation. Maintaining point of five. Pronunciation of Quiet, quiet, everyone. Quiet. Okay. Number two. Raz? No. Riz? Another round. Number two. Another round. (laughs) After hearing the praises of this movie from Nate and Zach and even Lucas, I knew I was going to love it. Two days ago, I finally watched it. I loved it. Yes. <laughs> yes, bitch. Drink it. Take a swig. Yes, yes. So the audio hears it. Cool. Oh, I don't think there's been a good life-affirming movie about alcohol. <laughs> but this one, you know, usually we get Ben Affleck as the alcoholic. Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. way back. Preach to, yeah. The, preach to the audience. But, you know, not all of us are alcoholics. No. And for the ones that aren't, drinking is a mighty good time. Preach. And Tom Vinterberg captures the drunken spirit throughout this movie. Uh, four Danish college professors go through their midlife crisis drinking <laughs> and keeping their blood alcohol levels above 0.05 <laughs> and even 0.1 at times. <laughs> I had a lot of laughs. This is Oscar worthy for Mads Mikkelsen. It's a beautiful celebration of life. It's a whole beer. I love you. He's doing a whole beer. (laughs) And a beautiful (laughs) jet. Don't edit that out. Don't edit. I'm not editing shit. And a beautiful celebration of drinking. (laughs) Everyone, if you could raise a glass or whatever you have. Oh, crazy. Cheers to this movie. Another round. Another round. Another round. Cheers to the lodge. Cheers to the lodge. Skull. Skull. Holy crap. Okay. uh, (laughs) Take over, Number two goes right into the drunken party. I got another round as my number two. Cheers. 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 Here we go. Another beer. Yeah, I'm going to drink to this. Cheers. Drink to that. I love you guys. (laughs) I really needed this film. Uh, I really needed this film. Uh, It was recommended, (laughs) and I was like, I'm not going to like this. I mean, how how am I going to fly with this? But eventually, when I eventually saw it, I mean, it captivated me with its wild beauty, its uh, emotional depth. Uh, as we're all going to mention, a great deal of joy. Like, I think a great deal of the joy watching this film is Mads. He is he's, great. he's a movie star. Yeah, and and I kind of love these non-villain roles for him because it shows you, I mean, this is a Danish film by a, a Danish filmmaker. So he's he's like Harrison Ford over there. I mean, he's, he's charismatic. He is the romantic lead of these movies. But he's really incredible in this. I don't want to I don't want to do belabor too much about this, but it, it I think what I like about another round and it, and it's almost number one for me. I mean, when I saw it, I was like, Oh, that's number one. That's the best film of the year. I remember I looked to my wife. That's the best film of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, like it hooked me kind of like, you know, I love Paris, Texas and, and, and how you, you watch that film and it kind of grabs you right away. And you're like, you know, that's the pain that I'm feeling, you know, (laughs) you recognize with it. Uh, I don't know how another round captured that for me, but it was the, the pain that I was feeling. Um, the thing about it is the premise seems certain to become a farce, certain to become a, a kind of a maudlin tragedy, tragic comedy or whatever, uh, or a too slick morality tale, but it never does that. It's a wonder. So cheers. cheers. Another round. Cheers. Another round. Woo. It should cheers. be number one, but uh, uh, it's there for me. Another round where we are. Nomadland where we're going. <laughs> 
We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and and to, to second, you know, the hunt and some of the other works yeah. by it was really fun as a as a as a filmmaker. It was fun uh, with my film school background to think about uh, Dogma ninety five again and think about those those filmmakers. And Celebration was an early indie that I saw mm. uh, that that really was like thought, yeah. thought me to think about film in another way. He's got a different direction than Lars von Trier. That's so it's true. fun that, yes. that, that it's yeah. fun that all that all came back into my life with this film, which is kind of lighthearted or something I would share with a lot of people. I mean, it's it's it, the hunt is not that Zach, uh, no, but, but it is. But man, it is a better film. Oh baby, the hunt. Uh, All right, but we'll another it. round. Lord you know, me. Steve Carell is going to be cast in uh, <laughs> Robert Zemeckis. Is another uh, round. I can't wait to see them all drink it all over again. Coors Light. It'll, It'll win be best digital picture. Beer. It'll be win, digital beer. Win the best picture Golden Globe for best musical or comedy, and I can't wait. The hunt is four bones, and that's that's moving to you, Zach. Moving to number two. Number two. Number two. Now I went back and forth with my one and my two. Uh-huh. <clears throat> the def- the defining thing for me in one and two is um, I think less people, although we've mentioned it tonight, but less people are aware of what is now my number one, and therefore it's going to remain my number one. All right. Because um, I want people to see it. Uh, but so number two, which could have been number one. Sure. Is collective the Romanian film Ooh, collective yeah. uh-huh. Alexander Nanau available on Hulu? Okay, this put a, film put a fun spin on this one, Zach. Th- it, <laughs> I, I really no 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 really, Lucas, buck up, Lucas. <laughs> give it another go, no give it another round. This film, yes, some, it's about. There should be trigger warnings on this. Yes, it not. is about tragedy, um, but it's actually a bit of a thriller. It is not a depressing, uh, I mean, it's not a weeper. It is, it is emotional. Uh, there's a lot of tragedy in the film, but there is a pulsing thriller at the center of this movie. It's all it, documentary? Is it like docudrama? It's 100% documentary. Okay. It's 100% verite. That's okay. what's, this movie Ooh, is lightning yeah. in verite, a bottle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lightning in a bottle. There are no interviews flashing back. Uh, the cameras are there for the entirety of the narrative. Yeah. Uh, the movie in the opening 90 seconds sets you up. There's a fire in this nightclub. A lot of people died. The entire government changed over because of this fuck up. Hmm. It is so fucking compelling. Is this available yeah. streaming? Sorry. On Hulu. On Hulu. It's available yeah. now on Hulu. Before, I will see it before Oscar. Day. And I, and I number two on, on what I missed. And, I, and I'm curious, has there ever been a film that was nominated for Best Doc and Best International Film. That's before. what I couldn't understand. I didn't that, know that docs could, could get nominated for international film. Yeah. Well, it's incredibly tense. It is political thriller, mob film, and human tragedy all in one. Feels like it's going to take uh, a trophy home, doesn't it? It, it, it? it is. It's special, guys. And that's why I just say to Lucas, give it another go, because mm-hmm. it, it, it deserves <laughs> to be seen. Lucas is ready. It deserves ready. to be seen. Lucas, See, stopped it? Incredible yeah. filmmaking. Yeah, I made it like maybe 30 minutes. Okay. Like I made it 20 or 30 minutes. It's a solid, solid first act. Like two in the morning. It was late at night. Yes. Yeah. And I was just like, oh man, it was, it was dark. I like darkness. My, Brother Lucas. my number two is similar to Brother Bishy and Brother Nate. It is. <laughs> here we another, go again. Another round. Thanks, Ready? Here we go again. How fun is it? Come on. I like to skull. Cheers. Cheers. Skull. Round. Yeah. Lucas, uh, my Danish one. friends. To my all my Danish friends. <laughs> That ending is the, exuberant, right? Yeah. The original, uh, that last the original, the original title ahead. is called uh, Druck. 
which I guess translates to I'm not drunk, which I thought was a great title. <laughs> yeah, like, how the hell was that? I was wondering. Drunk. But everything that Brother Bishke and, and Brother Nathan talked about, I, I second. You know, Mads Mikkelsen is like Brando, Dean, Clift, like, yeah, Harrison Ford, like any star whose face you could just watch, like, in anything. And, and when I say anything, I don't mean The Hunt. I'm talking, like, Valhalla Rising. Like, he, he just show me him on uh, a big the screen. Arctic, uh, there's a movie called Arctic. Guys, if you're into him at all, like, watch Arctic. It's Hannibal. Just, you know, yeah, Hannibal. I've seen Hannibal. I've heard great things about Hannibal. Like, yeah. But what, 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 what really hit me, too, with the film was how relatable – it is in that it's about this middle-aged like ennui or inui what's it? Ennui. 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 where where you've got everything right you've got your family or your friends or your job or career or whatever it is but it's like this is it like your life's not changing it's not getting any different or better like yeah. this is who you are like this is how you're probably going to live until you die and it's it, the whole catalyst the pain is I was like, feeling. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> everything we're feeling. Like, it's like the, oh, the so guy turning this, forty. Yeah, it's like this yeah. inspirational kind of like uplifting movie in a way that had that touched me, that had me laughing and it had me cringing, and it just gave me all kinds of feels. And so I, I just can't recommend it enough. Like it's brilliant. Boom! <sighs> Cheers! It's, it's Cheers! Best, Cheers! Best picture in any world. God, what a year. <laughs> Jira school. <laughs> there, there is a I testament think to how many. Nathan's clipping good. above 0. 0.5. Large master. <laughs> Nathan's at. He's point, watching point me. 0.05. Sorry. Nathan's at 0.1. Nathan's at 0.1. I'm a point, point 0.1. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm drinking Perrier. Uh, number two for me. <laughs> yeah. Promising young woman. Oh, everything yeah. hasn't come up yet. Yeah. Everything this movie set out to do, it nailed to the wall. I love the performances, uh, especially my sweet, sweet Bo Burnham. He can do no wrong in my eyes right now. Mm-hmm. Love the script. Love the direction. This was a direct hit for me. I just, I don't, uh, we've covered it. I loved it. I gave it a rare four bones on the podcast. We did. Yeah. And uh, it's right up there. Promising mm. young woman, you guys showing up on our list. Mm. Catch yeah, the fire, y'all. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right, we're down to it. Carrie Mulligan might win Best Actress. Yeah, who knows? No, hey. who knows? Who knows? God only knows. Okay, Allison Brie. <laughs> yes, deadly funny. Everybody, Allison Brie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, number seat. one. You know, last year I <sighs> uh, picked a movie that won Best Picture and was a critical favorite. It was called Parasite. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. This year, I'm picking a movie that was a critical darling. Uh oh, <laughs> and it won best. Pi- it's gonna win best picture. Oh Jesus! It's called Nomadland. Woo! I hate. <laughs> I hate the champion of film oh. so lauded. Yeah, but when it comes up to a movie this good, I can't really say there's a lot of competition, in my opinion. Mm. I uh, wish we would have done a lodge cast on it because. Lodgemaster and I have had some words about it. As, as have I with the Lodgemaster. And I would, and I would love to hear Lucas's thoughts on it at another time. <laughs> but it's got a lot of what I love. Improvisation. I'm sorry. I'm at point one. Imp- I'm not oh. editing anything at this point. Improvisational blend of fiction and... This com- is verite. No, no. Improvisational <laughs> blend of fiction and documentary. <laughs> we got the road... The road trips through the American West with the Terrence Malick-worthy cinematography. Uh, I took a road trip last year to Minnesota when it was COVID, and it was just like 
this is the same thing. And then the best performance of the year from Francis McDormand, mm. who should have won for this movie mm. over three billboards, in mm. my opinion. And mm. Three billboards, whatever you want. She won for that? Yeah. She won for three billboards. You bill believe that? Come that on. Won best what are you guys picture? talking about? Oh she's, no, no, she's, she's great. Fine. She's, she's great. That movie does not good. deserve but any award. But Land was so good. No Man Land, I thought she was just superior. And let me just praise to the heavens. Writer, director, and editor Chloe Zhao gives us an eye-opening portrait of survival in the 21st century. Our future is out there. We're going to be in vans. We're going to be driving around. And <laughs> so, you know, save your pennies, but it's just that's what that's where we're going to be. What so. did I? But, but I, I think really another round is not where we are. Another round's where we Nomadland are. Nomadland is where we're headed. Nomadland is where we're all headed. <laughs> oh, or to Christ. the villages. To the villages, please. Please to the... Well, I don't no, know. No, now, I said... I told I told the Lodge Master I was having nightmares after that movie. I almost prefer I, shitting I, in a bucket. Those are I, I went to bed that night and I rolled over. I turned to my wife and I said, I don't want to go to the villages. Don't... I don't... She said, you're not going to the villages. I said, I don't want to go. I want to go to the villages today. <laughs> well, the Lodge Master told me, he, he said, I think that me and Bishop would clean it up at the villages. <laughs> We're going to do karaoke, karaoke night. Karaoke night, yeah. karaoke yeah. night at the villages. It's Every night. Yeah. It's coming. Okay. Zhao deserves to win all the Oscars. Zhao. 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 You're still going. I don't know. <laughs> so give it up. Let's move on. Number one, Nomad Land. Take it home. I love you. Good night. Oh, wait. Woo! Hold on. Brother Zach. Nathan. Drop the mic. Brother Nathan. Well, we're we're in a we're in a we're in a hive mind or something because number one's Nomadland for me yes. as well. Yeah, like I feel that little knee jerk. Like, why am I praising this movie? That's that's all that's praised. But I had a different experience. I saw The Writer uh, by Chloe, which was incredible. Um, and it was this real. It's this tone poem. I mean, it, it is a genre that we're very familiar with. Yeah. Um, and then when I heard like she's gonna work with Francis McDormand, I was like, "Well, I'm gonna see the shit out of that." I remember that. I remember having that thought. Um, many people have tackled this style. Uh, e even Terrence Malick, you're saying that the king, the 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 originator of this style, mm -hmm. uh, has returned to this drifting poetic, you know, it, with mixed results. I, I look at a Knight of Cups and To the Wonder as as big snoozers mm -hmm. in, in the genre. Knight of Cups, Knight <laughs> of Cups. Um, I feel like Chloe brings up. <laughs> brings a strong new fresh vision to this I, I i love the way it's shot i mean joshua james richards they kind of glide the camera around and it feels kind of lyrical but also yes. feels like it never loses the truth and the grit of what they're depicting or the world that they're depicting yes and, yes. I, and, and as a viewer i was like i haven't seen this world you know explored really i, I how these people live um What's the, there's a magic to it where the the real actor or the actors and the real people blur where you you just have no idea who you know Sotheram is is one of the one of the greatest uh, character actors but he is seamlessly blended into these these real interviews from all these different people yeah uh, and and that that isn't that isn't easy to it isn't easy to capture so I think she's really masterful and I'm really excited to see what she does I'm a Frances McDormand fan I think she has charisma. She has charisma that has been in certain features like Fargo and 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 through the years have 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 crept out. But with this character Fern, I think it's there's something really likable about her and something that's really real. Uh, yeah. She feels like a real person. Um, so that that connects back to my uh, you know connecting to a protagonist. I, I did with her. I mean, I was I was into it. 
so that's that's the synergy i think there's something with the cinematography uh i know they're uh linked and chloe is a director and i think francis and they have something here so uh, it to for this film to be honored it's what a special year for this film it's to be honored. strange how i mean uh, I, I don't whatever care people think now. about it but like oscar's not like picking the best movie of the year like just for me from my perspective or like you know because it's not usually that it's usually like uh, we got it last year. It, it's usually we green, got it last year. It's usually Green Book. I mean, it's like really, green it's really book. something <laughs> yeah. that opening yeah, shots you know, we, that you watched with your family, right? Right. <laughs> but 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 we did get you know the Oscar been doing a little better, right? We got Moonlight. Maybe the Academy. We got Moonlight. We got Parasite, and uh, you know we're probably going to get Nomadland. The so Academy's taste is improving. Yeah, and for that we must applaud them. Yeah. Brother Zach, number one. Number one. This film. Since I saw it, I think last summer, has been my number one. Uh, and that is The Painter and the Thief there by Benjamin ah, Rhee on Hulu. I love it. I um, love it. The scene that Lucas mentioned is the scene where you're like, the movie just takes you over. Uh, it also, I think, has um, tied with another round the best closing shot of the year. Um, it is a stunning documentary oh yeah the in yeah, a year yeah, of great yeah. documentaries fucking robbed of an oscar nomination yeah it is a travis a lot of dga Ross. nominated it very for strange. documentary yeah. you're right it's it weird very strange that i don't include yeah. it yeah i don't know if it's because i is if it's not the director's first film it's the second i don't know if it's because you know what it was i i when i was watching rise, it yeah. on friday night so it's fresh in my mind I remember thinking they didn't nominate it because it almost feels staged. Like it almost feels yeah, it does. Scripted That's right. Fake. You have it's to like, read about it. This to drama be like, is too crazy. The story's too perverse. Like there's no way you captured this moment. Like I say, it's lightning in a bottle. But there's something about Pandra and the Thief that just really, really connected with me. Um, it just in a, in a way that like it said everything to me about what um, art. Any form of art can do, and the intentions of the artist, and um, I, 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 don't, I just love it. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie, and it, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. Um, and it's not getting the same level of attention in a in a crowded year that yeah. um, a lot of these other. But now it's Brothers Axe number one. It's my number one. Yeah. I, I stand by. I think it's by. a great number one. After seeing it, like it stayed with me. I think about it every day. Like it's very, very. Thank you, Michigan. Uh, it made me cry. Story. Yeah, it definitely yeah. made me cry. Yeah. Great ending. Tears really well great ending. Amazing ending. Amazing ending. Brother Lucas. Does anyone want to guess what my number one is? Anyone? Underwater? Yes. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. Oh. It is uh, Bishop. Cheers. Up Brother Bishi guessing correctly. I love it. I love it. Cheers. School. School. The, this is what the lists are all about. Yeah, I mean, really. So let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me walk you through this because yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not just doing this to be like a, um, uh, an Armand White kind of troll, you know, <laughs> because I know there's like people out there like, like Brother Ben or Brother Justin are probably rolling their eyes so hard at me right now. Um, because for most people, this is this is a two bone movie. Um, but for me, but it's so wet. But for me, it was it was <laughs> the, so one of the I think it might have been the first film I saw in 2020. I just checked while we were sitting here. I went through my letterbox data again. You got to sign up. It's amazing. <laughs> I saw it January 15th, 2020 mm. at the uh, at the Burbank the uh, 16 before times. Yeah. And I think the reason it hit so hard 
because I, I just dawned on me where we're sitting here. So when I was going back to see when I saw it, I that what's great is like a diary of everything I've watched. So leading up to that, I was like, where was my head at before <laughs> yeah. underwater? Right? Where were you? What did I see Let's before? Profile underwater? this boy. I saw cats. Okay, what did I see so before? You should be riding high. What did back. I see before cats? Richard Jewell, like, okay. And, you know, you, you start going through like all <laughs> these movies anything. in December, yeah. and I'm like, man, these movies all suck. The hits. It was like a palate cleanser where for once I wasn't being tortured or punished, you know, with palms or or the mule. <laughs> it was just like a B picture popcorn entertainment that was, yeah, cut to shreds and lean and mean. And and I think there was a missed opportunity in that. Kristen Stewart's character should have had like a love affair with Jessica Henwick, who was the the Chinese uh, character in the film. And instead, it was like more kind of just straightforward. But but nevertheless, a like, live top 10 rewrite. Yeah, <laughs> he loves it. It's but, his number one. But this was the only movie last year that I remember recommending to my BFF. And, and he Uh-oh, is a busy BFF. He's a married man. He's a father. He's got two. He's got three young children. And I was like, dude, go see this on your lunch hour. Like, go to the movies and see this. And he was like, fuck you. The movie looks terrible. Like, I'm not seeing it. (laughs) And I don't think he did. And when eventually he did, he was like, you're wrong. It sucks. And I was like, (laughs) no, it doesn't. Like, it's great. So that's my number one because number one, despite the BFF, because it was the only film I saw in a theater in 2020 that Mm. that really arose above the three bone rank. Wow, I think a, f- a full balanced diet of a film goer yes. is watching these genre films. Absolutely, uh, I, I love a cool spy thriller called Tenet. You know, it's like I needed to have that on my list because I need the, ba- it's the quirky I need the little picture called Tenet. You need, I need the variety, a quirky little spy thriller, but <laughs> yeah. but just that 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 genre that can play with you and is durable. And, and those 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 are exciting to have in your viewing and your watching. I, I got make, I got variety. So I, I honor that. Oh, I just want to make Lucas. an announcement before we get to Lodge yeah. Master's top. Uh, Lucas just completed his top <laughs> ten. His full you. completion. Thank top you, ten, That's 2020. Completion. I'm going. I'm going to send over this prize. Oh, oh, let's open this up. I would like you to open it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's open a it live. Gift. That's got a Muhammad Ali. Yeah, I thought that was paper. the champ. The Mo- Muhammad Ali wrapping paper. Black white photo of the champ. Because you're a champion. You're the champ tonight. Champ. Ripping it hard. See the Blu-ray. Wow, it's a it's a Blu-ray. Yes, ten film collection. Wow, Bishy, thank you. Best of the 1990s. Yeah, the 90s nostalgia. List them all. Oh man, there's so many good ones. I'm about to cry. Okay. In no particular order. No particular. The Matrix, yeah. Dumb and Dumber, The it. Shawshank Redemption, wow. Friday, The Mask, Goodfellas, Austin Powers, International Man of Good Mystery, fellas. The Wedding Singer, Rush Hour, Unforgiven. Fishy. Those wow. are all I would essential. come over there and hug Whoa. you if there yeah. wasn't COVID times, but, yeah. but thank you. I'm We're so out. close to the hugs. Love and light. We're, so We're going to hug next time I we see you. I owe you many other. hugs, but I will cherish this, and we, we will all watch these together. That's a great yeah. gift. At Lodgeversary. Wow. I love those bundles. Ten films for ten great films. Thank you for 10. Thank now you, we come Bishy. to the Lodge Master. Oh Lodge Master Matt. Boy. The film of Wrapping the night. Up. The film Wrap of the year. The All film right. of the decade. It is the film of the decade. <laughs> to start the decade. You'd think that Nomadland would be somewhere on my list, and I'm not going to... I not, wouldn't think oh, that after I, speaking to you. I'm not going to oh, scrap but, with you fellows. Yeah. I'm just... All, all I will say is that had it been a documentary, it would probably be on my list, but it wasn't. Okay. So... I return to the Jellicle choice, which is what Ooh, I did last year. I, I thought this would come up. It wasn't. The Jellicle choice is <laughs> is what I did last year to bring cats into the top ten. 
and I'm going to continue that spirit. And what a Jellicle Choice film is, is is a film that <laughs> sticks with me and just makes me ecstatically happy every yes. time I think about it. Yes. And if I if I you know hold up the the jewel of, that this film is to the light from different angles, it hits me in different ways every time. This film was released in 2020, makes me smile harder than all the rest of these films. Whenever I think about it, it may very well provide these bushels of love and light in my heart forevermore. It's hilarious, both intentionally and especially unintentionally. It's legitimately shocking. It's lovingly inept. It's absolutely everything I look for in an evening of entertainment. Oh, yes. And somehow it's so much more. It is with great pride and humble honor that I announce my 2020 number one Jellicle okay. choice as the one, the only, Tyler Perry's A Fall From Grace. Yeah. Oh, Do what you will with all these other stuffy what? recommendations. <laughs> A Fall From Grace is what? waiting for you tonight on Netflix. It's right there. Luke, Lucas it's, fell it's asleep during the recording time. of the episode so you don't get to say <laughs> jack shit. He was like six salad dragons. There were countless I'm salad dragons. Now, dude. Jack yeah, Into the Madness and then listen to our episode. Oh. No, episode number 81. Is that the one with Cicely Tyson at yes. like 100 years old? Her final wig film. Respect to Cicely Tyson. Oh, rest in power. Sister Cicely. Get yourself to point zero five. That is Get yourself point. to point oh zero five. My God. And then have point five grams of whatever your <laughs> yeah, favorite. Angelical <of> <laughs> choice. Angelical choice. Or higher. Herbal, herbal essences. And then watch it. Listen to our amazing episode. You're welcome. All right. We did it. Oh, well, we love kept, and light. We kept this under an hour. I'm grateful. For no, that. we did not. No, we did not. No. <laughs> the sunset <laughs> we got here was warm. It's you like dark. Wait, I'm like shivering. Every year, it gets bigger and better, and I love it. <laughs> we got lots of exciting movies coming up in 2021. Yeah, we do. These are some of the movies that I listed last year on the Oscar show, but are probably coming out this year. <laughs> James Bond in No Time to Die. Maybe. Finally. <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. Probably. Can't wait. It's coming. And yeah. finally, maybe, Timothy Chalamet in Dune. Come on, Dune. So y'all, get vaccinated. One, two shot. Moderna, right. Pfizer, or Johnson and Johnson, or one and done. One and done. My brother's doing Available it this week. right now. So get there, and we'll see you in 2020, 2021, <laughs> probably at an AMC theater. <laughs> oh, definitely AMC. I reactivated my A list. I am Show a little love to Lemley. Show a little love to Lemley. Lemley. The, the discount Ramo. Tuesday night. A little love to the Arclight Culver City that's closing. But it was getting the, evicted. The and the Egyptian. They, they, they could fight it. And a, li a little love to Netflix's Egyptian. How about the new art? But the new art. The Vista. Yeah. I, I give a shout out to the Vista. Bring it home, Bishki. Anyway, <laughs> good night from the backyard of the lodge. I hope you enjoyed our the official top tens. And you know what? We're going to be back in theaters in no time. So you're going to want to slam that subscribe button. <laughs> and you all. <laughs> and That's you, the appropriate response. And you're slam also, it! And you're also going to hit us with Instagram comments. Call us on the phone number. I forget what it is, but. You okay. know it. Thank you for the hot. From Thank the you, Brother Bishki. Brother Bishki. Brother. Tapping in for another round. <laughs> Thank you. And we'll see you on Oscar night tonight. <laughs> Woo, we did it. I had a lot of laughs. This is Oscar worthy.